Hey guys, just want to let you know that this was all made possible and we're sponsored by MTG Matchmaker. If you ever try to get a spell table game going, can't find enough players, whether it's on the Playlay Discord or any other various webcam MTG discords out there, you know, try MTG Matchmaker. It's the first crossplay server webcam matchmaking Discord bot, and it's a 100% free tool. It queues players across all installed Discord servers so you can keep your Discord community, but you can still connect with players from others. Originally, it was designed for just EDH, but they've expanded into other popular formats, including our beloved Pioneer and Modern. To learn more, you can go on their Twitter at MTG Matchmaker, or you could also join their Discord, which we have available in the description below. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. And as I guess always, I am joined by Alex. Alex, say hi. Hello. My name is Brad, but we have two very special guests here with us today. Amit is returning with us again. Amit, say hello. What's up, everyone? It's good to be here again. And of course, we have another returning member. It's Rockman from the Crew 3 podcast. Something bad must have happened, and that's why I'm here. Yes, that is why you're here. Uh, can, can, can we already just establish that one time you'll return for a happy episode? I hope so, but Twitter has to, like, die in a fire first. <laughs> I mean, that would be a good thing for the world anyway. Before we get into any of the negative things, I want to go over a couple positive things first. Let's start on an uplifting note, okay? First things first, I'd like to congratulate Amit, otherwise known as Ekros, for his valiant effort yesterday playing in the Pioneer Showcase. I know you're still a little bummed about it, but you played very well. You did great. And you're also playing a deck that has quite a few lines of play, being uh, Phoenix. That can be, uh, you know, hard to play for six hours. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was a valiant effort. We played well, but we got we got, got by the end. Just two of my teammates made top eight. That's, that's uh, I'll take that. And speaking of the showcase, it did have over 180 people. Uh, mm -hmm. for the Pioneer Showcase. That's pretty cool news. It shows that people are interested in the format when there's an appropriate prize uh, pool and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. Which, comparatively to Modern's, I saw some people saying it wasn't as good, but didn't Modern have over 400 people? And Modern had 400, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, it's It's kind of funny because the last time we we touched on with like, you know, people don't care as much about Pioneer because there's nothing to be gained. Because you see that now there is something to be gained. And there's immediately 180 people in your tournament. I, if you have the time, just go play one of the weekend challenges because you could just essentially free roll your entry fee back by just going positive or breaking even in a lot of cases. Yeah, if you're a competent player uh, in any capacity. And you know how to play your deck. Uh, and I have one last thing of positive news. This one is selfish on my end. This has been months in the making. Uh, it's non-magic related. Uh, as anyone knows, we mentioned the name Alex a lot. That isn't Alex for this podcast. It's actually our editor. He uh, is in a band called Reclaim the Throne, and I've been working with them for three months on a song, and it should be released this week. So Reclaim the Throne on Spotify. It's called Daughter of Muse. I scream a lot on it, and it's fun. So check that out. Check out the band. They're wonderful. And I was very happy to work on this with them. That sounds great. Yeah. I, I've received a lot of samples from Brad. So I already yes. have a little bit of a of a taste for what it's going to be like. I'm looking forward to it. 
And as it progressed, we went more and more. The first thing Alex heard from me screaming, he's like, we spent too much time together on the cast. I, I just can't picture anything other than just angry Brad. That's all I can. <laughs> but I'd like to say that it's gotten better where he doesn't picture yes. that nearly as much now as we've gotten further along in the song. But yeah. Now, of course, why you're all gathered here today. It's like we're in a church. <laughs> we we had a, a state of, of the anger. game. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I'd join it. Be great. <laughs> It's a church of anger, bright red building. <laughs> no, I want fuchsia, like a nice pink. Easy, not not hard to miss. But we're we're here because of the state of the game announcement for uh, Arena. Which is this the first one we've had in months? It's the first one this year, maybe. No, there was the only the one in was it in January? There's one in January. Yeah, where they where they said that Pioneer Masters was in concept three months after it was supposed to be done, I think. And I'm pretty sure that's the only one that's been this year. All the other ones have been like little tiny like update ones, like saying this is what's coming this month, not as in like what's going on behind the scenes. This is this is the next pet you'll be able to buy. No, there was there was one in like February or March, I think, that had like the chart at the bottom that mm-hmm. was like, here's where everything is. And then Pioneer Masters wasn't on it. And then we had another one where it was back being in concept. Yeah, that was that was end of January. I think because I tweeted about it, I think on the 30th of January, so pulled up that, mm-hmm. where it said Pioneer in concept. Mm-hmm. We finally have another one, and we've been patiently waiting as for some type of news regarding Pioneer and Arena, and uh, we uh, we got our answer. Alex, uh, do you want to go ahead and read out what was said? Ooh. All right, so initially I wanted to read like a parody version with how I truly feel about it, but I will actually just read out the actual announcement. It says, pausing work on Pioneer Masters. Historic experienced rapid growth and change over the last year, and it developed into a unique and compelling format. We are excited to have historic feel distinct, and we want to continue to build on that. Okay, I don't care. Unfortunately, our schedule doesn't have room to focus on growing that unique uh, identity for historic and fully supporting Pioneer. Some steps towards Pioneer will come as part of historic's growth, but we have paused work towards the Pioneer Master sets for the time being. We do not anticipate a Pioneer Master sets release in the next year. We have a solid plan for those sets, but for now, we will be focusing on expanding historic in other ways. So, initial thoughts. We will start I mean, with Ruckman. So, my my initial thought is, just told us this like eight months ago, um, but... It's not a surprise to me. I mean, we've known just in general that the arena development is a disaster. Uh, They essentially had to rework the card pool even between beta and the current release. That's why Amonkhet Remastered and stuff like that took so long is they had to change the entire back end of that. And it sounds like every time, just like MTGO, it's a complicated rule set where they add cards, things break. Magic's not an easy game to program in, and they just don't have the staff to support adding Pioneer Masters. Now, again, um, from a business standpoint, I totally get it. I'm still frustrated with the announcement, but I think my issue is just the constant lack of communication we've received, and that's sort of where my anger is in the whole issue. I don't know where you guys are, but that's sort of my, my initial two cents here. So my perspective is a bit different because I'm not saying this is an arena player. I barely play arena. I'm not really interested. Honestly, I'm playing MTGO and I'm having fun with that. But this this statement 
angered me because, first of all, they see Pioneer and Historic being like competing formats to an extent. And that means like as long as Historic is big, we're not going to get focused on Pioneer. And the, the format needs attention. The format needs um, some bannings and bannings, new cards, specific injections of cards. I don't know. It needs more focus, in my opinion. And it was also just frustrating in general, just seeing like the way, as I said, the way to like communicate, where it's like, why didn't we notice before? What is going on here? What's like the entire attitude that's been, we've seen this in other things too. I think the big thing too is, oh, sorry. I just wanted to add on real fast. No, you're fine. No, you I, think I, I, think I, I think I forgot to say it was them saying historic grew. That's a very artificial and arbitrary thing because it's like, it should have been historic to me was always the stopgap to get pioneer on of just, well, we need to add these cards. So here's historic. You can keep using your wild cards. Hey, calm down. Pioneer's coming. It's just, they artificially grew because that was the only option available on the format. So the, it's all a mess of their own creation. Yeah, that, that was my main frustration. These are all points that they could have solved themselves. Like, Historic came into being, as you said, because people are like, okay, rotation app, but what do I actually do with my cards? They're like, um, I don't know, and keep them, play, play one of them in Brawl. Like, they, they didn't have a plan, so they just randomly dumped Historic on us. And I feel like the idea that Pine, that Arena has been understaffed has been an issue that has been glaringly obvious for a really long time. So I saw tweets later, because again, WotC never puts everything in the announcement. You need to actually go to Twitter to find the whole story, which is also frustrating. But we get to the point and it's like, yeah, we're hiring people to work on this, but hiring isn't done overnight. And it's like, that's true, right? You don't find competent people in five minutes but you can find competent people in two years and you should have done that right especially after i think this year was obviously the most profitable one because we've seen the whole meme with the world championship and that bullshit um but i think the year before and even the year before then they either said this has been the most profitable profitable year so far multiple years in a row or at least this has been an extremely profitable year so you had profit you choose not to invest it into your format and now you're like, well, we don't have the people to support the format. It's like, yeah. And there's only one person to blame, and it's yourself. It also seems like there's this massive gap of communication or you know, lack thereof between wizards handling paper and like just the formats in general, I guess also with NTGO and arena. Like that that's always seemed apparent. It goes back to even like the announcement of historic. When they announce historic. Like Alex said, it was an afterthought. It's like, here, you can finally play with your cards. Remember when they said it was going to cost double wild cards to craft? It's like the cards oh, for Historic? Right. Yeah, everyone fucking forgot about that, but they backpedaled real quick because people were pissed, as they should be. And they had no vision. But Pioneer was 100% in the works the year that they announced the Historic Anthologies and things like that because it had to be. Because they were in, the reason they even said that Pioneer came to existence is because they understood that Modern no longer served the purpose of that transition format from standard to the next eternal format or non-rotating format. Because you can't take your standard deck and go play Modern and do well. It's just the, the it's the card pool's too big. You can't do it anymore. So the opponent plays a rank of and you're like, what do I do? <laughs> I imagine like opponent playing Love Circle Beast. 
like in my head, I know I had an opponent playing like a Hearts Desire, an opponent just going Saga. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can't go into modern. So here's Pioneer, a, a way to play with your standard cards. When they, but they had to have that in development because they knew that was coming. They they said that they've been working on Pioneer internally for a while. So why didn't they talk to Arena and be like, we have a Storic for now, but it should just be Pioneer because we're announcing it right now. And those anthologies that they've been releasing were on what, five now? Those could have been just like, here's a few Pioneer cards. Here's a few Pioneer cards. They keep doing I mean, that. It is very clear that these teams that. don't communicate. Like, and, and, it, and I've seen this happen very often also in like, video game other different video game companies blizzard etc where there's just multiple departments that should be communicating but don't so like there's a team that was figuring out what the hell to do with historic and there was a team to figuring out what to do with pioneer and it seems to me that these teams like never even like had lunch together or something and they just bumped into each other like what do you actually do in this company and it's like yeah i work on that new pioneer format that's coming and they're pio what yeah i think just their development time is so imbalanced, right? Like if you, like, I remember a few months ago where they're like, here's why it takes us so long to add cards. I remember a big chunk of their time is in like animations of the cards. I don't need that in my online card game. I'm playing MTGO. I just need a static image of the card to turn sideways and that's it. I don't, because whenever I play Arena, I have the emotes muted. I have the animations muted just because I don't need those in my card game. Well, it's also like, they have these animations that they apparently find very important, even though we get like three a set now, because again, they can't be bothered to do more of them. And um, I think if you now see an MTG Arena ad, they still show all the animations of like the first set, because those are the only ones where they actually cared. But they have in the past added animations afterwards. I think Three Mana Chandra came without animations. Massacre Worm came without animations. And by the way, Massacre's animation is actually really cool. So I can see why they want to do it to add flair to your game. But you can do this later if that's the only thing stopping you. Or you could just, yeah. I don't know, pull a secret lair, just give us cards without art, and then problem solved. Don't need artists. I mean, are you getting pulled away from MTGO, Amit, for uh, for the uh, the wonderful animations that we have in Arena? I mean, that's part of what I dislike about Arena. I really... But I think I'm also playing magic for a very specific reason like i'm playing magic for the competitive aspect i want my online game to be more of a simulation of magic and less a game a video game so i'm not the target audience and that's fine but why are you for like why are you saying that historic this format that's been brought to life for reasons and is in my opinion inherently flawed given how cards are being put into it and like how it looks for now why is this format being promoted over what, what I see as good magic formats? And that includes not only Pioneer, but like literally any other format. Because what's um, available on the, the platform. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Like, I get it. I know why they're doing it, but it just baffles me. It's, I, I dislike it a lot. And again, it comes to what Ruckman said. They just They just dug a hole for themselves. And now they're sort of like screaming up at us like, help us, we're stuck in a hole. And it's like, yeah, you've got the shovel right next to you. It's your like, hole. <laughs> you, you, had, you, had, you had Ian Wright in the Loading Ready Run Discord being like, but guys, we have five standard sets coming out this year. Well, yeah, you should have known that two years ago because your development cycle's that far out. And I mean, 
Yeah, I- I'm sure the developers, the people who actually work on, because they said like uh, rolling a d20 was like really hard to put in the game, which I find already strange because critical hits in like every game are literally like it's always five percent by default because but like you can have a five percent chance in your game right but i i don't know anything about programming i have an it degree Uh, and the one of the first things you do when you learn to program is a random number generator (laughs) yeah but i mean we we even had like recently that in like some event you weren't allowed to play legions ending because when it was flipped it was still counting towards your devotion so i don't know what the hell is wrong with arena and its coding and i don't understand a single well, have thing you about have you it. been to an italian but, restaurant and ordered a big plate of pasta that's what arena's coding looks like it's that yeah yeah exactly just full-on spaghetti code um but like they said it's really hard to get everything in and i'm sure the people who are actually working on this and are making sure that the cards work and that the animations line up work probably over time right no but, but it's but fuck that it's the people one step higher which are like you should have five more colleagues but instead, I'm going to make you work five times harder. The other sign of the lack of planning is they've told us, hey, we have an OP plan laid out. We just want to wait a little longer to, to show it off. But they're now they're hiring someone to fill the role of like linking digital and paper organized play and running. So clearly, if we're hiring, so- if we're, if we're hiring someone to fill and help build this plan, we don't have a plan. Yeah, that's the same with what they uh, they now say. So that's why I kind of just don't believe what's here. We have a solid plan for Pioneer going forward. No, you don't. Like, I have no reason to believe that you actually do. I think that's the biggest thing about this announcement. It's not that this announcement specifically is surprising or anything. It's just like one more step in the line of we don't really trust that you're doing your job anymore and something is wrong and we're not fixing this. It's like, really, the announcement changes nothing of the status quo we've dealt with for the last year. It's MTGO, we're waiting for paper to pick back up, maybe we get Arena. Nothing's changed that status quo. All of just, again, like Ahmed's saying, like Alex saying, like we're all saying is, it's just more fear and disappointment in where we're going to be in the future. Yeah, it's a, it's a loss of, it's a loss of um, faith in Watsi, I guess. Yeah, which has already been crumbling for most people definitely including myself like i have um i i made a tweet about it and i um where i said like i just want to feel like the developer doesn't hate me they just have the same when i I play world of warcraft it has the same thing going on it feels like blizzard just hates its player base and i'm getting to feel like does it's it's growing more and more that like and i know watsy's a business blah 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 but like that watsy only cares about my wallet and once I'm not, like, spending all the money in my wallet, they're like, okay, then you can piss off and go and play another game because uh, I'm going to draw in this whale instead. At least they're not Konami. Like, look, I, I, as much as we hate what Watsi does with a lot of stuff, coming from Yu-Gi-Oh!, Konami is ten times worse with their bandings and stuff. Doesn't Konami, like, reprint, reprint the hell out of expensive cards? Though? Okay, they, they do, but here's the problem with yeah. that. Here's the problem. It, it, the, that that reaper policy is fantastic, but they do it in a str- uh, strategic way that makes you buy it originally. And when they reprint it as a 10 cent common, they ban it anyway because that deck is too good. So not only did you lose that for the collector aspect, you lost value of the card, which, you know, that's whatever. I care more about having the card being playable or like accessible. Brad, stop. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> and But then they just straight up ban it. 
And then they do, but at least I'll give them credit in this regard. They're experimental with their bands. There, there's a big uh, archetype called Sky Strikers that was like fucking 50, 60% of the field like a year ago. Really good deck, incredibly consistent. And they banned a card called Sky, uh, Sky Striker Emerge. It's a spell that's really good. It's just good for the deck. It's what made the deck kind of broken. They banned it. And then they're like, you know what? We're, we're messing with the ban list. We're banning some stuff. And then they unbanned and they put it to limited because rather than just flat out banning or making it not banned or whatever, they you can do three copies, two or one or just flat out banned. They unbanned it. And then they're like, oh, cool. And now they're just going to ban it again. I'm sorry, not Emerge. It was uh, Dryad. Well, I it was mean, from Zodiacs. Doesn't I matter, mean, but like, without, they, they do that. Without going into this too much, because I really don't want them to go into point, because Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, has like a monthly ban list. But kind of, yeah. They tried to be experimental with Golgari Grave Troll, and people did not appreciate it when they did that. When they unbanned Grave Troll in Modern. Granted, you could probably... They, That's why they should do the test server thing on MTGO. Oh, but yeah, same. Yeah, 100%. Have a, have a, There's always a, faithless a, looting, though, with Grave Troll. That's true. True. But, but yeah, they should. Can, they should do that. You can probably unban Grave Troll again, but they are not going to try. My my old my old that's been my thing with bands and from Watsi and in, in, in general. Like I think half of the combos that got banned, especially like Sun Gun, could have stayed. But the problem is, you you run the risk of after a ban list, you don't know how many months down the line you're going to get another one. So it could have been a it it, it could have been a problem, but it could not have been a problem. But we wouldn't know because if it was a problem, we'd still have to deal with it around for six months before they finally decided to do it again. So I think they they overreact a lot, at least with bannings, because they don't want to come back in a couple months if something is too good to stay after they make changes. Yeah, but they overreacted because they dug themselves a hole, like we talked about earlier, where they're sitting there in the hole with a fucking shovel for themselves. They dug the hole by not acting on uh, the problem that was the inverter deck, or at least Thassa's Oracle, let's be real earlier and if they if they would have let's say around the time Icoria came out with companions which that was another shit show they had to or had to have an emergency errata for companions imagine if they banned thassa's oracle right before Icoria came out where would pioneer be at right now would we have more players because like you have that little bit of combo that you want in the format for people to be attracted to it or would it be over uh overzealous or like you know filled too much with the combo again I like the thought process behind that, but also I think Pioneer was always going to have an issue because of COVID. Because the, the thing is, right, Pioneer was built on, hey, you have your standard collection of cards. They all rotated. You want to keep playing with your magic cards. Pioneer was a very, there, was a, there were enfranchised players picking up Pioneer, right, in the competitive scene. But Pioneer player base, there was a lot of local people playing their games. They weren't already in MTGO. I don't think MTGO was ever going to pull a big core pioneer group into the environment, you know? And, and that isn't to say pioneer can't make it because it didn't do it in COVID. I think you're asking a lot of people who were playing pioneer because they could keep playing with their old cards to buy into a whole new ecosystem, buy into a whole new environment. When on the surface level, if you're a newer player, you're a younger player, MTGO can look scary. Yeah. It's it's a really weird, wonky looking interface. It looks like it's from Windows ninety seven. Um, it's I mean, could could you imagine an MTGO ad on YouTube? And you see like <laughs> they take like outtakes of like Akaros's stream as he like flips a thing in the ice 
and like this thing comes on the screen like excitement <laughs> that's like they do with the the arena ad. oh my gosh they need to, they need to zoom in on the look at the cards okay <laughs> yes <laughs> i think i can use my emote again unban oops i want oops deck Bring, bring back, look, I'm going to say is if they want people to play MTGO again, bring back the old tables. I don't know if you all played MTGO when that was a thing. I remember. Was, it was like the, instead of finding like rooms that were just listed, it was like you walked into like a oh. cafeteria and it was just like an LGS, right? It's just like, here's tables of like skeletons and orcs sitting at a table and you just go walked up to a table with, with an empty seat. Yeah. I felt like you were playing RuneScape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what it looked like. It was great. But going back to the announcement of everything with Pioneer, let's clarify a few things first, okay? The first one, I think, being the most important thing to address. MTG Goldfish has not helped us out in this regard. Neither has some other bigger content creators. But let's be honest, MTG Goldfish has never helped us out in this regard because they are, as much as I love Seth and the crew, they are some of the most reactive MTG content creators I've ever seen. They jump on the skies falling bandwagon for everything. It, co- it goes down to standard, pioneer, and even modern. Um, they don't talk about legacy. <laughs> but um, saying that this announcement is all but wizards confirming that they are letting pioneer die. It is not that. First off, it says they're pausing. They're not saying that they're canceling. I think at this point, if they really wanted to rip off the Band-Aid and, and they were actually canceling behind the scenes, I feel like they would have to just do it. It, it would... It already doesn't look good for them with the trust aspect. And on top of that, like, holy shit, lost my train of thought. <laughs> right. So Wait, it, maybe I, I can interject a yeah. little bit so you can get back your train of thought. Um, I, w- I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I read this announcement and I am kind of in the feeling like they are just sitting back and waiting, not big. Be- it's in part because they don't have the resources, but it's in part, I think, it it's looks a lot. Like, they're also like, well, let's see if this format actually lives, because maybe we don't have to spend the resources. So, and I don't think they would rip the Band-Aid off, even if they felt like Pioneer was already dead, and just cancel it. I don't think they'd do that at this point, because there's there is, I think, too much of an active player base. I mean, if 180 people play in a in a uh, in a showcase, you're not gonna then turn around and say, "Oh, by the way, we don't support this format anymore." It's of MTGO, right? I would base active players more on league activity than the big showcase challenges because that's just obviously a higher prize payout. There's more stakes there. Yeah, but I mean, like that—that's the thing people have their eyes on. So if they see on tw- if people see on Twitter 180 people playing this thing. And then the next thing they read on Twitter, oh, this format is no longer supported. They're going to be like, wait, what the fuck? So yeah. that's why I feel like they're, they're kind of... I, I don't necessarily think they do this, but I could definitely see why you would interpret it if you read this announcement as if like, oh, they're just waiting to see if they actually need to give give a shit, right? Because we've talked about before that like Pioneer... Even if you had all the cards right now ready to go on MTG Arena for Pioneer, you couldn't drop Pioneer on Arena because it would expose even more that the economy on Arena doesn't make sense. Like, no one can reasonably buy into Pioneer. If you have no wild cards, 
what are you going to do? Spend 700 bucks on buying a whole bunch of booster boxes and then just hoping you can craft the deck that you want while having 15% of every deck in the format? Like, no one will be able to do that. So it exposes that their economy makes no sense. So in that way, maybe they're like, hey, maybe if we don't have to care about Pioneer, we don't have to rework our economy, which encourages them to just sit back and wait. I thought for a while, though, and I think the announcement also confirms we're not getting a full 300 card Pioneer Masters. To me, this just reads more of we're going to keep rolling out the block remaster instead. And in two years or whatever, we're going to be caught up. Yeah, which is also frustrating. Yeah. If you you look at the rate of they release like two a year, I think the math is like two and a half years to get the backlog of remasters out there by block. Frustrating thing about it, though, is there was someone that did, um, they looked at all the uh, Pioneer staples that are like are actively seeing play in like the top 20 decks. Mm-hmm. And we've, uh, we've done the same thing. Yeah, it's 91 cards that need to be added for like all those decks to be playable based on what's already in the format, what's already been in, in historic as of right now. It's 91. There cards. are currently 16 sets that still have to be added. And two of them, Shadows Over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, we already know they're in Arena. Because in Alpha, they were data mined that all the cards were in there. And but again, they've had they've had to read they redid the back code because they oh. had to recode everything from Amonkhet Nixalon as well. Oh yeah, they no, like came out sense. and so said that. Okay. So they have but, sixteen sets. Let's say they do a remastered a year, which is usually two. Se- well, they do two remasters a year. That's two sets, uh, usually mashed together. But a, they do it by block. They do it by block, not by set, though. Yes. So that it, it, so in your pessimistic look, it's four years, not eight. Because see where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, roughly, I think it's roughly four years instead of, which is too long. I feel like it's too long. Yeah. But this is, this is where my frustration comes with this. Remember when Arena was not in its alpha, but like before it came out of beta, they were bragging about the system they had to implement in programming cards and how fast they could do it how easy it is yeah it's the easiest thing ever it's not a problem and now they're all of a sudden they're like "Ooh, it's it's too hard still can't do it i'm sorry it's like fuck off you can't have it both ways you can't fucking brag to me for the first two years of arena being a thing this is the greatest system we've ever had it's so easy to implement new cards we could do that just like that it's amazing and now you're like we don't have enough staff to do it you made it seem like you need one intern to do it is how you put it for the first two years Goes back to the trust thing. Which is it? Is I think it the easy you, thing to I think if or you, are you just lazy? I, th- I think when they announced Pioneer, if you got one intern who would just manually put every card into the game without like some sort of algorithm that writes them, they would be done by now. Yeah, they would do like <laughs> 50 like, a day. I'm sure. They could easily do it. Look, they, uh, we know they're understaffed. They, 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 their priorities are so weird. I can guarantee you that the content creator early access events were also just even more extra like load testing because again like i said last time i was on here i broke arena and they were like hey can we pull your log files because i did something and i pulled up a dev console in the middle of my match and it was like draw it had like buttons to like draw extra cards reshuffle my library i just like oh can we just like stunt on people with just like tutoring because there's like buttons to demonic tutor for specific cards yeah that's great it, it's it, it goes back to the uh the uh test server thing i want to do for mtgo it's like it is free testing for your client and honestly like if they put up an ad if they put up an ad right now like how they always do for like looking for like you know uh 
management, not management, whatever, like art design, like they do that all the time. If they put one for a developer for Arena, they're like, hey, we need someone to code in all the Pioneer cards. We, ex- we expect this to take six months of your time. They'd, they'd get it done. They'd get it done. Pay them, pay them 25, 30 bucks an hour. Call it a day. Be done. And you're fine. They can, aff- they can afford it. They can afford it. They, they gutted uh, the Pro Tour. They got rid of like $750,000 of uh, cash money and prizes. That's a lot of programmers you can hire for just a year. For $750,000, you could get a whole yeah. bunch of people in for but, just one year. Yeah. But the problem is like, they could do it, but we know they don't want to do it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got the pro- like. I think you're saying like you have really good points where they're understaffed and they're not putting enough resources into this, but that's like the whole issue. They don't want to. And, and that for me is like the, the core of this frustration. It's like, yeah, you don't want this to succeed. Like the MPL thing, like Martin Hughes said, the, the next MPL leagues weekend is like a week before um, the new in starts. It. This just doesn't make sense. Why would you, no one's going to watch this. Yeah, you guys feel that they just, they just kind of don't want these things to work. Yeah, and exactly. It, yeah, and I totally agree with it. It's the main thing. That's the main point of frustration. It's like, why are you, why are you like this? It just doesn't make <laughs> like sense. If you, if you, if you're ever curious on how profitable they are, remember a few months ago when they released their, their gross revenue and it was like 30%, which is like obscene in the business world. Um, and then you also have like, they're now a division head within Hasbro. And I don't know how familiar you all are with Hasbro, but I've been part of several fandoms in the Hasbro umbrella. And they are the most cost-cutting company and things like this in general. So this is old hat for me, coming from like Transformers collecting and all that kind of stuff, right? This is just old hat. And so when they're elevating Wizards of the Coast to be a divisional leader in the company, ooh, that's not a good look. Sounds good on paper, but in reality, huh. Yeah, there's a difference between cutting corners and trying to do what's right for your business and just being so aggressively greedy that it hurts your player base or your community that you're trying to build or have already the built. Other thing, I mean, there's the cutting is, corners and there's just cutting people's hands off. And that's basically what this feels like. We we talk about their PR too, right? The problem is they don't have – it feels like they don't have a real PR department because who they've are the got people Maro. talking? It, they, they've got Morrow, they've got Verdi, and, Gavin. and they've got Gavin – they don't have foresight anymore because ooh. yeah, deleted a story. Their 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 public faces aren't real PR accounts. They're stupid attempts at trying to make dumb jokes, or they're people who their job isn't to be PR, taking it upon themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like G- Gavin and Morrow effectively volunteer to do PR because they care. Yeah, because they care. Like yeah, why is there no head of? I mean, okay, let me rephrase. There definitely is. But we, I don't know who it is. I don't know if they've been public about it. Like, because there's no way there's not. Well, it's the person who wanted to ask what's wrong with Tron. What's wrong with Tron players? That's who it is, right? <laughs> oh, that that was the stupidest thing. <laughs> I thought that tweet was funny. I thought it was funny too. <laughs> and the backlash from it, like, in all the fucking people that were so just, they're crying about it. I'll be honest. No, let's. I I I initially thought it was funny too, but I don't want to be uh, hypocritical uh, because if they would make a joke like "Ha Pioneer Dead Low." I would be pissed. But there's a difference between shitting on like a type of player and a whole format you support. And 
wow fuck tron is like such a stereotypical joke that has been like regurgitated for years if i was a tron player i read that tweet my reaction would have also been like oh come on the difference is though you're a pioneer player every tron player reply i read to that was like yeah i am a shitbag i know it i feel like everyone (laughs) but tron players got offended at that tweet (laughs) okay so I, I'll put it a great way. So um, I, I don't know if either of you or any of you watch like pro league stuff for like Rainbow Six Siege or like any video games for that matter. But I'm a very big fan of Rainbow Six Siege. It's one of my favorite games of all time. My favorite shooter of all time, like even above Halo, which I'm a fucking huge Halo nerd, as you can see from my Master Chief helmet over there. Um, Never played Halo in my life. The one of the commentators, um, his name's Parker, he made a tweet. And it was talking about it was shit talking um, Ash and Jaeger mains, which is which are types of like characters you can play as, and they are essentially like the if you come from Call of Duty where you just sprint and just spray the entire time and you're like running around like a like you're on you're on meth, that's the translation to those type of players in in Rainbow Six, and it's like the equivalent of like the Tron thing, and he's shitting on them because it's funny, and everyone in the replies are the pro players, people in the community are like ha. No one got butthurt over it. No one cared. And I'm like, be more like that. It's a funny thing, inside joke within your community. And I've known many people I've played with that are Ash and Jaeger mains who are like, yeah, it's just like playing on easy mode. It's, it's what I like to do. And they acknowledge that it's kind of shitty. It's like, that's kind of what Tron is too. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just a fucking joke. I don't understand why this community is so like, into themselves where they can't handle it. And it's not even a bad joke. It's not like hurting anyone. Magic Twitter lives to be offended because they think they are the five-headed smartest person in the room whenever they sit down. We aren't? Yeah, I, I know. I, it took a while to come to terms with that, <laughs> yeah, too. I'm, yeah, this is, this, is, this is news for me. Like, Man. Like, well, I, I know I'm not five-head. I'm just seven-head. But, you know, I mean, I'm offended <laughs> in, on their behalf, so. Yeah, like... They, they could have said that about any type of deck. That could have been like, why are mono red players like this? And I would have been like, ha, turn sideways, LOL. Even though we all know that it's just not as simple as turning your card sideways and winning. There's more nuance and plays to be had with that kind of deck. Same thing with Tron. It's not as easy as getting natural Tron on turn fucking whatever and just dropping card on turn three. And you're like, cool. It's not just one that. One plus one plus one plus one equals seven. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, always a Tron joke, right? If you're if you're a Tron player, you know that there's more to it, and you know that any enfranchised player in the community also understands that. But it's also a ha lol meme. Like, hey, what what annoys me more than the even like official announcement of the Pioneer thing is when you look at like you said Goldfish sitting there with not paying their editors and sounding like a pirate telling me not to invest in Pioneer cards. Yeah, that one was so funny. That tweet of yours, it was so funny. It, it be on his last leg. Last leg, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd like to say about this, by the way, that like as you said before, like this statement changes nothing about the status quo. And Pioneer doesn't live or die by Arena. Pioneer is played on MTGO. Like, until they actually scrape Pioneer away from MTGO or take away, like, all the challenges, everything, Pioneer is alive. And that has nothing to do with whether people, like, are saying it's dead or Arena is not happening or stuff like this. And, And that's just, like... People are saying that this statement kills Pioneer are just wildly off. No, it, it, it's it's more like it just denies like a lot of help it could use, right? I think putting Pioneer of on course, Arena yeah. would be a huge boon. So it's just like, 
it's it, it but I do agree with you. It doesn't kill Arena. It's just like uh, it doesn't kill Pioneer, but just Pioneer yeah. would get such a like so much life injected into it if they did. And instead, it's just chugging mm-hmm. along as it has for also just no the, matter how just long the now. old hat idea of Pioneer Finance. Pioneer isn't a cost determinant of card prices. Pioneer card prices are based on how are they seeing play in modern? Are they seeing play in standard? It's why Spire Bluff Canal Commander too is a thirty dollar card, right? But yeah, Pioneer is not a cost leader format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it really a thirty dollar card? And like Spire Bluff Canal is thirty dollars. <laughs> um, uh, the Great Henge is fifty dollars because of Commander. Yeah, Commander is Commander and Modern are what usually drives the prices. I think maybe some Legacy, I guess. But again, like look at your Pioneer cost, right? Oh, I gotta pay fifty bucks for my play set of Thought Seizes. Well, now I can play those in any other deck, and that was like the cost of like half of my Orzov Auras deck list. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Lotus Field is dirty cheap. Yeah, Lotus Field is really, and I really didn't expect it to be, but it's super cheap because it's a whole bunch of cards that see play nowhere else. Yeah, it it was under two hundred for me to foil it out. Besides Lotus Field itself, that's that's come on. It's basically a budget deck. Yeah, that's that's insane. Like I have foiled out Lotus Field. Speaking of budgets, we're currently we're we're updating our budget our our budget spreadsheet right now, which I'm excited about for for AFR. So I think it's still pinned in the Pioneer subreddit. It's in our Discord. I've, I have it pinned to my Twitter account. So if you're looking for like fun $50, $100 budget deck list or seven tick deck list for MTGO, uh, we have an ever updating spreadsheet of deck lists in Google Drive to go check out. And one thing I want to talk about real quick is like with the uh, the showcase yesterday, um, seeing what the finals were, uh, was is also to me something that's like, really cool for players not playing pioneer right now because i don't know about you but if i looked from someone on the outside looking in at a format maybe i'm a standard player that's like I don't, i'm not ready for rotation i want to i don't want to lose my cards yet this this uh this um winter or whatever fall or i'm a modern player who's like man that's a lot of money to spend on modern even with them reprinting uh, fetch lands um and i saw it's a lot of money for a play set of monkeys Yes, and if I saw vampires versus four color Jeskai ascendancy combo in the finals, I'd be like, "That's that's interesting." And and Aminar kind of we're biased because we love the vampire deck so much, but like, come on, like you see a tribal deck do well, and also a non uh, traditionally competitive tribal deck at that, and vampires. It's not spirits. It's not merfolk. Was that the finals? Because everything I see has it as black red versus vampire. No, it's not black red. It's vampires. Why is no, it's, why it's is vampires? Re- did Watsi just... Oh, free- yeah, it's not... No, the finals were not the Omnath deck, like the the Ascendancy deck. I think that lost in the semis. Ascendant, Ascendancy got third. It was it yeah. was uh, black-red with, like, a gifted... It was Arcanist versus Vampires for the finals. Yeah. Okay, so, that's also still really was, cool. Yeah. So, while I was excited about the Vampires, and I was actually saying before the tournament that, like, I think Vampires are well-positioned, which I'm bragging about, yeah. Um, but also, like, the Ascendancy combo, I looked and I was like... This deck is really cool, and once we have, like, look at this, we have a really high-stakes event for Pioneer, and someone, like, innovates. And it's awesome. We need more of these. The format is freaking wide open. Well, I mean, as long as you're playing good cards in your deck, but, like, yes. Now I feel excluded. I feel excluded now. You said, like, when you play good cards in your deck, and I look at my stained glass, stained glass nickel bolas, and I'm like, one day, buddy. One day, yeah, they'll, one day they'll call you a good card. <laughs> if only he was three mana. 
<laughs> if it was just Grixis cars, just that, and that was him, he'd be really good then. Ooh. But uh, I, mean, I mean, even yes. like established decks, like look at Banned Spirits. They cut the um, the Spectral Sailor for Gilded Goose. That's cool. That's it's a tiny little tiny thing, and it's showing up more and more, and it seems to be working because they're taking a page out of Modern's playbook and like the Noble Hierarch play in in Spirits. It's really good, and we kind of and I I think it was you Ruckman who said either on Discord or on Twitter that you felt that Sailor was always that card that was just kind of like you want to get into the late game. That's just like a thing we held on to for pioneers past that like is good to let go. Yeah. I think right now, like that was definitely in like the soul type delirium days where you felt like your games were going to go long. So you wanted the sailor to be able to draw a card on like turn five, turn six. Whereas now you want the turn ending by turn five or turn six. Mm-hmm. True. And that's also the reason you're stashing collected company, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the reason yeah. to play band. And getting on turn three is pretty good. Turn three Coco is really, really good. It, it's up there. I, I, I think turn three Coco is really good. But as far as my favorite Coco play, it has to be paying for life for Coco with Citadel. That's my favorite Coco play. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'll pay for life for that. That's fine. Oh. I'm leaving. I can stay here with a dirty Citadel Coco player. I can sit here. <laughs> hey, I like that more than the food version. So much more. But I, I, it's also more of a combo deck than it is a, a sacrifice deck, right? So that's why I like it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, all of these decks are basically Corvold decks, and that's it. In my sir, opinion. Sir, I cards. only play Corvold in the main. Fuck out of here. I know, which is why I don't like that deck. But... <laughs> <laughs> But it's not. It's no, not seriously, I was testing. I love, I love the Coco decks that are that are still playing Corvold. I'm like, those are the people I have questions for. <laughs> seriously, though, I was testing the Phoenix versus John the Food matchup before the showcase, and like, it's basically the same as before. If they draw Corvold, the game is hard. If they don't, you win easily, and it's not even close. It's sometimes these decks are so funny. Um... But I think that's an outlier in the format, by the way. That like John Food is very this this specific matchup looks like this. Where, and that actually like bridges me to my a point I wanted to make. That I think the gameplay in Pioneer is really good, and I just really don't understand all the shit talking about it. Like it's not that I don't think people should. Say, I just really don't understand how people look at Pioneer gameplay gameplay and say it's bad given the games I've been playing recently. I feel I feel like the same way. I feel like when you look at Pioneer, yeah, matchups do matter, but deck familiarity and your competency with it is much more important than just all the 90, all like the 90, 10 matchups that you run into in other formats. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I feel like when you, when you're just like put in the time to like, make an archetype work and if like if it's like a deck you really like or a deck you have a lot of experience with you can make a lot of things work because you're not going to run into this like uh, not often going to run into this like oh, i can never win this type of matchup in pioneer or at least i've always feel like you can appropriately prepare so if there's a matchup that's really terrible for your deck you can probably find a way to like have some good sideboard cards about that and then most co- pioneer games i play are competitive like the percentage of games that I feel like are competitive is higher than I've experienced in other formats. Like when I played modern or when I played standard, like certain standard environments where I felt like I ran into a reasonable number of non-competitive matchups where it just kind of didn't matter what I did in pioneer. I basically never have that feeling or very infrequently. 
Also, I feel like a lot of complaints I see with Pioneer is people definitely are like, I played Standard like two or three years ago, and there's a card I really hated. And now that card like sees occasional play in Pioneer, and it's like the worst, right? Like, I the people who are just like, oh, like X, I don't like X card. X card is too broken. It's like, I mean, like, it's it's fine. It's it's here, it's there. Also, Ekros, while you're here, can I can I ask you the question of where what started the whole series of this is my favorite thing, Pioneer Quirk right now, which is I won the challenge. Now I have to go to Twitter, tell you not to play my deck because it's bad. Well, that's interesting. So who do we had who did we had to do that? We had Tiago Saparito, right? Yeah. So Tiago's yeah, Tiago, yeah. But that's because Mono Black Aggro is really yeah. not a good deck. Sure. But I feel like, but I feel seriously. like there are other players that have done it more recently besides just that though. I feel like that is just the pioneer thing of just It was someone did it with Arcanist. I I won, it's bad. Mm. Who was yes. Arcanist? I don't remember who it was, but someone tweeted about Arcanist as well, saying the same thing, like, hey, this is a bad deck, don't play it. Yeah. I remember uh, Arcanist, I there was also someone with with food at one point, or I think it was pre-food, just regular Citadel. Uh, but I just remember, it's just like, like, every now and then, I feel like once a week, one of the challenge winners is just like, my deck's bad, don't play it, don't look at me. Which is good, because that's half the Pioneer Challenges anyway, it's just, what won that week, and I'm going to sign up with that 75. Yeah, and like... <laughs> I, so I the... actually think no, go ahead. I'm it. Go ahead. I was gonna say there's also Such the people gentlemen. that just like this shit on the format in general. Like uh, they they play it. They you I know Ruckman tweeted about it. Claudio tweeted about it, saying like, yeah, I, I played a format I'm not familiar with, thinking I'm just gonna dunk on it because it's like oh easy format, right? And then they do poorly and like this format sucks. Like there's the guy um, Osmandius. Also. They registered with enigmatic incar. They registered with a enigmatic hard incarnation deck. of a deck you need, like need to low your yeah. lines for. Um, it was uh, Osmandius one seven two. He's like played Pioneer for the first time in a while for the showcase qualifier format. Used to be good, but I see why the numbers have been worse. Literally every match was cantrips plus delve spells. So I replied, "Did you exclusively play against Phoenix? Because that does not sound like what Pioneer is." He's like Phoenix and Lotus combo, but Niv has similar bad gameplay problems. There is a reason Dig slash Cruise are banned or restricted in other formats. I didn't even reply to it. I'm like, I don't have the energy for this. I really don't. Like, I don't think Dig or Cruise are even a problem. <laughs> I love I love that Claudio tweet. That the Claudio tweet just says, can we please stop crying when you do badly in events for a format you don't have a clue about? Yeah. Like, that's basically what it boils down to. And like, I agree that Pioneer has its issues, right? I mean, probably we shouldn't have Cruise and Dig in the format. At some point, we're going to need to ban them. May I like, need to win some games, please. <laughs> But like, yeah, also, it's like, first of all, it's not a problem right now. Phoenix has bad matchups. Niv has bad matchups. Lotusfield has bad matchups. We're good. And second of all, it's so cool you get to play these cards, which literally break any other format. Mm -hmm. But here you can play them, and it's at a real cost, but you get to play strong cards. I love Dick Through Time so much. I so love playing with that card. I've been addicted to resolving Treasure Cruise recently. But um, as like... Where's where's the hate for Deathrite Shaman, then? <laughs> no one gives a shit about that. Yeah, no fetch stems in the format. Nope. I mean, I think it's cute when people play it, try to play it in rogues. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, but if I I want to go back to like Rookman's question because so why people like doing that, just like winning the challenge, saying oh this deck is bad. One, they like to sound smart. Two, it's kind of like <laughs> it's sometimes the deck is really not good. I honestly think Mono Black Agro is not a very good deck, but Tiago is so good. He can, it's like Reed Duke playing Jund in Modern. He's going to win a bunch. That doesn't make the deck good. 
But third, I also think that a lot of decks in Pioneer are really just not tuned enough. Come into the format, take the deck and tune it because you can make it better. We didn't play Iteration in Phoenix until like a week ago, two weeks ago, probably, which is thinking back is insane. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest ever. I've been asking for like a month now. Why the fuck they don't play that? Okay, that are you card. are you still playing the one of anger though? Uh, and it's I'm me. Saying like, yeah. <laughs> no, you are. You are. I saw your deck list. Is aren't you playing a one of anger or two? Me? Yeah. I am playing the one of anger. Yeah. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? It doesn't make sense. Why? Why? Why not sweltering suns? Uh, yeah. Because exile matters. Yeah, <gasps> it's because anger is but, a okay. better card. But, but like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're, yeah, but I don't, I don't want my phoenixes to go away. So, a serious answer for both of these is so one. First of all, I wasn't a believer in iteration. Like, I, I was wrong with this. I was convincing people for like two months that you can play iteration in this deck, and I'm absolutely wrong on that. And anger, I mean, usually you don't have to anger your phoenixes away. And anger exciting matters in a bunch of matchups. Sure. Maybe sweltering suns is better. Like I'm, I'm definitely willing to think that this like that we have this wrong. What sold me that, on, because the format is not explored. What sold me on iteration was enough. the couple weeks I played the storming elemental deck. Like that was the best card in that storming elemental deck was the expressive iterations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I wonder. If and you won Bragavan in the format. Sheesh. Can we can we bring <laughs> back Jeskai Cycling as the Jeskai control deck of choice? I love that deck so much just being able to just like beam you for like you're like just sitting on your arse and then doming someone for 20 it's like yep game's over hey i'm not sitting on my ass i'm i'm leaving up counter spells that can also cycle okay that's what i'm doing i'm don't playing worry. a control deck don't worry that I mean, you know what tilted me you've got you've got you know eight what now. tilted me recently i went to historic to check for cool deck lists and i saw this awesome cycling deck that they had in historic mm-hmm um, and I was like, well, we can play this. This looks really good. Maybe, like, why is no one playing cycling? And then I, like, ported the deck list and saw that Historic has cycling lens. Like, yes. the one man has cycling yeah. lens. And Pioneer doesn't. And that's just what tilts me off about Historic, that you have random cards in the format. And that doesn't feel like a real organic magic format. It's no. absolutely random. And they make it's... most of them rare, so you need to spend those wild cards. Right? Yeah, can someone like... explain to me why Phase of Suiting and Brainstorm are rares? Did you mind the cards? <laughs> that is literally that was just the <laughs> most obvious money grab. Was it in Eternal Masters where they randomly made Ravenous Trap a rare? Yeah. Well, where they had a co- an uncommon that's like fifty cents I and can, they make I it a rare just so it shows up in your rare. A small. game design standpoint of why they're. I mean, definitely green is one of the things. But one of the things was all the uncommon mystical archives were standard legal cards. Oh, nice. Okay. The the rares and mythics were not standard legal. Yeah, so your rare slot in your pack is sometimes useless if you're no, because they they were initial slot in your pack. <laughs> oh, okay. I well, you could open I had like oh, okay because I had like as like yeah. the main one. You could I technically think the first two. You could open quad mythic in that set actually because your lesson could be a mythic. You could have a mythic foil. You could have a mythic archive, and you could have a regular okay. mythic. Yeah, I just remember the first two packs I opened, like the main like. Look at this cool card card that they give you on Arena. Like, the main one was Primal Command, and then the second one that was Primal Command. And it's like, I don't even want to play with these cards. <laughs> I mean, I could imagine Limited being really weird if Brainstorm and Looting were commons, and you're like, oh, I can just get four of those oh, pretty easily. Yeah. So that sounds pretty bad for Limited. So you can, you have to have it. You, you can either have Why it that where, just four? Oh, you're, you're right. You could have more than that in Limited. 
Oh, that's gross. Oh, that's really gross. I don't want to play limited anymore. I'm done. I want eight brainstorms. I just like the art. Speaking of like the arbitrary nature of it, it's just like, why is Bolt not good? Why is Bolt too good to be left in Jumpstart or in the Mystical Archives, but Counterspell and Faithless Looting can stay around? Like, why is Swords too good? Like, that's the real arbitration of the format. Just what is what makes those random cards too good compared to Counterspell and Memory Lapse? Yeah, it's like, oh, Thought Scour is not, it's too good because people are going to like, I don't know, probably would have been playing in Phoenix. And then Mystical Archive comes out and you get Faces Looting and Brainstorm. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Those cards make sense, but Thought Scour is too good. And then they ban Time Lapse. It's like, okay. Yeah, you ban Time Lapse. <laughs> or, no, Time Lapse, sorry. Yeah, that, that, felt I was a li- that felt a little bit like the Oath of Nyssa unban. Like, I got a little bit of that same vibe. Oh, <laughs> like, saying, ben. Where it's like, do you actually play this game? Or <laughs> Yeah, I think they really missed the mark on these mystical archives for historic because if you look at it, it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, not getting swords, I can get it. You're giving, like, counterspell and brainstorm. You don't want blue-white to be... But, like, lightning bolt is an aggro card. Let people actually play aggro. Well, counterspell is actually not historic legal, right? Oh, right, it isn't. It isn't. It's it's in the client and and a memory lapse, which is arguably better than counterspell. Worse, yeah, it's worse than counterspell. I don't know. Uh, okay, um, look, I I want I I want helix in pioneer. I think that's fine. Please give me helix, and I want a good two mana counterspell. I don't not ne- not necessarily memory lapse or counterspell itself. Obviously not counterspell itself. Holy shit! But like, give me something. Give me, give me a remake. You're gonna get quench, and you're gonna like it. No fuck! I don't want quench. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play good two. I want a good. I want a good two mana oh, counterspell ooh. for at, for like a tempo. Yo, I have one. You have negate or the one for that or that new one. Fuck on horizons with replicate. You can play lofty denial. Yeah, lofty okay. denial is a good. <laughs> yes, one. yes, in spirits, and that's it. Play mana actually, beak. You can you can kind of play lofty denial in rogues. There's 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 the one flyer. Unified will. I need what? Unified will. Is that in the format? I'm not even no, sure. I don't. I don't, I don't know. But what is it? Uh, what you does can it play. Do? Um, of denial. Was it? Is it? Ad, is it admiral's charge? Admiral's admiral's orders. Oh, the raid card. No, that that one was the my fucking favorite. Counter. Yeah, that was my favorite card in standard because I was like, I hate settle the records so much. So I played it in mono blue and I brought <laughs> it in and I was like, they're like settle records and I'm like, ha, one mana. No, no. No, I'm killing you. Uni- like, Unified will is uh, Rise of the Eldrazi, by the way. I just so like people legal. playing oh, cards yeah. like horribly awry again because of mystical dispute. That's what's getting me excited in Pioneer right now. Void Shatter. Yeah. Hey, I've been saying that for a very long time, but I'm currently testing uh, Overwhelming Denial instead, which I feel like a card is like I have not heard a single person talk about, and it's been really good so far. Countering so, abilities. Are you getting people's favorite passages? No, no. Overwhelm, overwhelming denial is four Wait. mana for a cancel oh. that can be countered. But if you surge oh. it, it's two mana. But just the idea of having an uncounterable counter spell, but like it's quite regularly two mana. Uh, but anyway, the, the only point, and I've said this on cast before, and it's things you brought up just too with like the Jeskai Ascendancy deck and stuff. There are still so many cards that we either haven't tested, haven't tested enough, um, that people are like, don't even know exist. And that just makes this format so exciting. I love that seeing like the uh, Ascendancy deck because when the format was new, people played that with Emery, right? Emery and Mox Amber. 
mm-hmm. and they tried to make oh. Jeskai ascendancy work. Yeah, I still if you have my Mox Ambers. You can play it and it untaps your Emery, yeah. and then you I can still make have my Emrys. I still have my Mox Ambers and draw your whole deck. Let me play. Let me play with them. I tell God. you what, give the, me back the deck I've been trying to like the deck I've been trying to work is is playing like a weird ETB aggro like big red deck list with Legion's Initiative. What's Legion's Initiative? So if you have a red creature gets plus one plus O, oh, it's a Boros enchantment. It's red and a white for this enchantment. If you have a red creature gets plus one plus O, oh, if it's a white creature gets plus O oh, plus one for two mana, you just get to blink your board. And so I want to play like big red with this and like Mogus's Marauder and just like build your own Yorian for creatures. <laughs> I do not approve of mass blink decks. I do not approve of those. It's only it's only, is my it's only creatures though. When you said when you said that people were looking at cards they didn't like and they hated like Pioneer for having them, Yorion. Just get it out of here. I, I had that someone, was my rant. This was literally right before we started playing Vector. This this person listens to the podcast and they don't mind if I I don't know, whatever. I got mad about this. I was salty as hell. I was playing against Mono Red Aggro, and this was like literally almost a port of the Guilds of Ravnica one with experimental frenzy. I have not missed that card. Talking about card you hate in standard, you play the colors that doesn't get to interact with enchantments, and then people drop this. Um, hey, you have feeds. So he had experimental frenzy, and I just, I just died. Um, but also because he was swinging in, I played a torrential gear Hulk, and the top card of his library was a smash to smithereens. So I actually enabled smash, and then he could keep going for the rest of his turn. I was That's so disgusting. mad. <laughs> that is wild. But you get to th- people thought sees you in Pioneer bad format because I get thought sees and thought sees is bad. I that's my favorite Facebook group discussion is that you should ban Thoughtseize because Facebook group discussions is like a whole other world of magic. It's weird. It's just such a bad thing. When when I initially started Modern, I played a lot against Thoughtseize decks and I completely hated it. And I was like, Thoughtseize is like the most annoying card of all time because my opponent, it's like I'm playing with my hand revealed. Uh, Also doesn't help that like my first five Modern matches were against Pox, uh, which isn't a great deck if you're new to format. But when I actually stopped being completely shit at magic and I got somewhat decent at the game, I was like, yeah, this game would be really bad without Thoughtseize. Like modern without hand attack would probably be a really bad format. So yeah, pioneer with a hand attack would be a really bad format. Also like genuinely like, and, and it's so easy to play around Thoughtseize. You just have to play a lot of good cards in your deck. <laughs> then they don't know what to pick. I mean, uh, it might sound like a joke, no, I mean, it's not even about knowing what to pick. Vampires consistently lose to five-color Niv because you take all the threats and then they top deck a Niv because they play a bunch of those and you just die. That's that's why... Just play the good cards. That's why my co-host Ricky has told me to stop playing Thoughtseize because he watched me, he's watched me at events and just like, Ruckman, you have the worst luck because they just draw the card you just Thoughtseized every time. It's a Thoughtseize bug. Also, Thoughtseize is the best way to have a mental breakdown playing Magic. You always know what they're top decking, and it's always the perfect card. <laughs> You're just always dead. I do have a question. It just, it just reminds me of Pharaoh's standard of Thoughtseize to Thoughtseize. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We can never have that card in standard again, that's for sure. Now, so Amit, you've been playing pretty much nothing but Phoenix for like a while. Are you looking at the new Demi-Lich card at all? I've seen rumblings about that in Phoenix. Oh my god. I'm gonna have this discussion like seven times, aren't I? <laughs> hey, look, I don't watch all of your streams. I'm sorry, okay? It's okay, it's okay. No worries. Um 
first of all, just saying, I have, I, I think I looked at like a tenth of the spoilers so far, maybe. Um, it just I'm overwhelmed by cards, but mostly you don't miss much. Um, yeah, I mean the set looks really interesting. But about Demilich, so I was looking at the card and I was skeptical at first because people were saying like the card has a really um low floor where like you need to play a bunch of spells to enable that one but playing two spells and casting this is not unreasonable you can play more one drops in your deck now and maybe like make it easier to cast because in pioneer just playing like chart chart isn't gonna get your damage into play that's not how this works um and i was skeptical about like resurrecting this but the more i look at it the more i see it it's like a tempo card and not exactly a phoenix card where you're playing this in prowess right let's say and you have a bunch of creatures and just go like removal removal demilich that's significantly better if you're ahead on board than like in phoenix we have to catch up um and then you can even like you have more cards in the yard to resurrect it unlike phoenix which has um treasure cruise the card is interesting i think it's really nice i think i'm gonna try it Especially yeah, because I was already pushed by iteration to play more one drops, one, like one mana spells. Yeah, the the is it is it just sorry you go first. No, go ahead, go ahead. It's the uh, yeah I was thinking that like just that is it deck that doesn't play treasure cruise, just the like phoenixless phoenix like the blitz. I think it's a perfect fit in there, but in phoenix it just your graveyard is empty half the time because you've just delved it away to draw three. It could be is it wizards? It's a fucking wizard. It's a wizard. You play both. It's a wizard. That's that's actually really interesting. Is it wizards? I mean, there's like two wizards payoffs in this game. So, but yeah, but like one of them is a lightning bolt, and you can play Dreadhorde Arcanist and Soulscar Mage in that deck. And the other's a, the other's counterspell. And the other's the counterspell. Yeah, but like yeah, but this th- this deck taps out to cast Demilich, right? Yeah, not for one. So uh, like, mm. I think that Demilich, I think Demilich could be good with like Dreadhorde Arcanist if you're playing Prowess, like Blue Red Prowess. That that was my question was. Was is it just bigger Arcanist, right? Like, is it just it's it going to be its own archetype, like an Arcanist type shell, where you're looking at casting bigger spells, not just your like uh, village rights again and stuff like that. So I definitely think it could see play with Arcanist because it lets you play it like on turn three in Pioneer, which is super nice. I don't think it really replaces Arcanist because Arcanist is a two drop, like always. Um, and this card is a four drop always, so um, I don't think it replaces it. But I, I can see simply like together, and I think people are overthinking those parts of the card where like you don't have to work that hard to get it back from the yard, right? You need to make this into a really good tempo play when you're ahead, and you're gonna be fine. Um, and if you get to recast off, I saw the reaction of just like, oh, you have to pay for the spell again, garbage card. This is like. This card would be insane if you didn't have to pay for the spell you target. Yeah, it'd be fucking disgusting. Get out of here with that. Oh my god. I will yeah. pay mana for my iterations again. Sure, I agree. Dude, we're going to see... Yeah, oh so my I god. think... Hmm? Oh, sorry, I was going to say we're going to see goblins too. Someone's going someone's gonna to jam that ward in there and we're going to see a goblin deck in Pioneer and I think it actually might be good enough because that card goes really nice with... Uh, what's it called? The, the one that taps makes goblins be equal to the ones you control. Um, Cranko, Cranko, Cranko. Yeah, because you tap it, and then you can just like zap your opponent for one mana, equal to the number of goblins you control. That's disgusting, disgusting. So, 
I saw that card in the spoilers and I looked at it and I was like, I have no clue what goblins are legal in Pioneer. I'm sorry to tell you, Krenko is in Pioneer legal. It's M13. Historic strikes again. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> oh, we have the bad Krenko. M- M13 is the set we always joke about being like, man, if this was Pioneer legal, it would be insane. Really? Okay. It's one set away. It's one set because it also has like Master of the Pearl Trident. Um, it's got Elvish, it has Elvish Arch Druid in it. It has uh, Krenko in it. I need to take a look at it. I'm so sad. Now I'm curious because I, I don't know what, what's in any corset. It has, it has, thr- it has Thrag Tusk. It has like Thrag Tusk. Oh, oh, it was that set. Okay. I know the one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd like Thrag Tusk and Pioneer. Yeah. I mean, God. It's the one between AVR and RTR. So Wait, we have the we have the bad guilds, Cranko. Sarah Avenger. Yeah, Sarah Avengers. Yeah, you have the you have the guilds, Cranko. Oh What's the guilds, Cranko? Bad. I'm, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but but Ooh. once again, though the the hobgoblin though once again proving that Spanish card names are like far superior. Why? The Spanish card name on this card is Senor de los Bandidos Abgoblin. I love it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Which is which which is also like Hall of the Bandit Lord, which is Salon del Senor Bandido. Um, also, Soren Lord of Innistrad is Soren el Senor de Innistrad. El Senor de Innistrad. <laughs> I'm gonna adopt that. I'm gonna yeah. We're gonna do something about that. I need to get Spanish stories then. <laughs> yeah, my fa- oh yeah, there was a misprint on that one. <laughs> I also really like. Uh, I've got German shark typhoons because it's typhoon in German. German shark. Ty- I had uh, German ghost fire blades for a while. That's a fun one. Wormcoil engine, all time favorite. Wormspiral machine. Yeah. Uh, Jägermeister dareware. Yeah. Oh my god. That's- <laughs> that is too good. There's also um, Descend Upon the Sinful, also had a misprint in French the first time. Oh, dis- def- Descend Upon the Fisherman. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Translated to Fisherman. Uh, th- okay, Yu-Gi-Oh! has one of my all-time favorite mis- mistranslations. There's a card that's in from Japanese that's supposed to be Jelly Beans Man, or Jelly Bean Man. In English, it got translated to Jerry Bean Man. It's RR instead of LL. It's the funniest fucking card. It's Jerry <laughs> Bean Man. It's like, Jerry! <laughs> Jerry's here! <laughs> <laughs> so this this is this is a little different, but there was this isn't an a, a language misprint. This is an art misprint. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the game Force of Will when it was around. Oh yes, my LGS uh, played it a lot. But but there was but there was a card in it called Cheshire Cat, which is already a like lightly scantily clad cat girl uh, wearing stockings. But they printed the original version. She was not wearing stockings. It was just like a leotard. And so it looked like she was like in her underwear. And they were like, oh, we're sorry. That was a misprint. The artist accidentally submitted that from their personal files. Here is the real card where she was like now wearing stockings over her underwear. (laughs) Did you guys also... Was Keyforged ever a thing in your area? So the first set of Keyforged, they had like... The whole idea of the de- of the game, I think, is that like no deck is the same. You get like pre-constructed decks with like random cards with random effects, basically. But in the first series, they had random names, like generated names. But the language filter was not strict enough. So I think you've got like something, something, eater of babies, uh, killer of communists, or like that sort of thing. <laughs> Those names ended on cards. 
I love this oh, game. Great. Sounds great. I can play as Saturn. I think I played Keyforge like once. Did you all try Flesh and Blood? It's so I weird. I keep hearing about it. I was about to say, I I actually just signed up this weekend as a joke of Pioneer's Dead. Uh, the only thing that kept me from selling my, my collection this week was the fact that Boo got a token. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw Boo as I was clicking my sell card order at Card Kingdom, and I said, no, I can't yet. Uh, but there's... Flesh and Blood, they have like four GPs coming up over the next couple months. And there's going to be one, like a four-hour drive for me that I'm going to be going to. And it's limited. So the best thing about that game, so my co-host Ricky played in it. He played a pre-release in it. He paid $25. It was the first edition of the set. He opened one of the special first edition only foils of like a common. Someone bought his pool for $100. So he made $75 for signing up for a pre-release. And so if you play, it's it's marketed to be like its own crypto. Yeah, it, it's like kind of, yeah. Anyway, the, it wants to be a crypto. It's an expensive the way they do game their, with the collectibles. It's, 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 it, it, yes. Their first editions have like special forms that you can only get in the first edition. Right. So it's like, if you don't care, you just wait for a month for the unlimited version of the sets to be printed. And then you get your cards for like dirt cheap. But anyway, there's a GP in October that's in Dallas that I'm going to be going to because it's $50 buy-in. You get a play mat that I'm like, I'm going to already be able to sell this for a bunch of money. Cause it's an exclusive play mat. You, if you up your, to the hundred dollar entry fee, I'm only doing the 50, you get an exclusive promo as well. That I'm just like, that's free money to sell. The game is actually crazy. So how the tournament is set up, it's a seven round sealed Swiss day one top 64 cuts to a, a three round draft. And if you top 32, you then go into a draft on day two into a top eight draft. Wait, seven um, rounds sealed and then a draft on the same day. Yes. That is. But the matches are single. They're single game matches. Oh, okay. So your round's going to be like 30-ish minutes. Uh, anyone who top eights gets on their pro tour and certain top eights get like different tiers of like special foil versions of cards. It's kind of the Yu-Gi-Oh thing of collectible foil versions of cards that you're just going to flip to make money for free. All right. But just this whole thing, like why doesn't Watsi do this? It seems like they stole the old structure of what they a hundred percent did. I said that I said the same thing on our show. Their organized play announcement was Watsi's old organized play. And we just said, do this again. You already did it. Sorry, I just looked up with the funny Keyforge names, and I just want to give you guys one. The outlaw that now regrets alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> At least he regrets it yeah. now. This Hindsight. like a bedroom station from Japanese. This, like, I love this. This is anime translation shoot. The, the same person that wrote the ghost story <laughs> script wrote that, wrote those card names. He who always anticipates booze. That's Brad. I, yeah, I, I do enjoy alcohol. It's very fun. Well, anticipate. You're always ready. If someone's like, like Brad, said, alcohol? Yes. <laughs> my my beer is my beer. Jesus Christ, my alcohol. <laughs> my fridge. All right, th- we, we found a problem. <laughs> <laughs> my fridge is really stocked. I didn't have anything to drink today. I was sober. I promise. I have a lot of caffeine. I was going to say, I thought you said you had caffeine before we recorded. Did you change your mind? No, I, I, I had two of these. That's 400 milligrams of caffeine, which is uh, a good amount. That doesn't sound... Yeah, that doesn't sound healthy. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Um, a cup of coffee, on average, is between sixty and ninety milligrams of caffeine. One cup of coffee. So I, I have had roughly five or six cups of coffee. So he just had about six what? or seven just, cups yeah. of coffee. 
a rough way. Just just go get a four loco and pork and los dos. Dude, those things are fucking disgusting. They taste like they taste like gasoline. First off, they're not enjoyable. Did you have an original four yes. loco though? Yes, I was in high school when they were big. For for loco for for the non-American listeners, four loco was a drink that was released like four or five years ago, which was caffeinated alcohol essentially. And the problem is the caffeine covered the alcohol and also made the impact of the alcohol stronger. So people were just getting wasted. They pulled it from the market within like four or five months and they've recently like re-released it with like a different formula. This sounds like the type of thing that got banned in Europe before it would even arrive. Like they would just shoot down the ship. It's all. <laughs> yeah. It's like such a bad idea. No one would ever think about it even. <laughs> it's just like, look, the college town I went to, there's like the bar everyone went to, right? And they had a limit on their margaritas. You got two per person and they had to watch them because they would just like buy them for someone else. And kids would go to the hospital with alcohol poisoning because half of this margarita was just straight Everclear. Everclear is also disgusting, by the way. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> it's like 99% alcohol yeah, content. You're literally, you're literally drinking rubbing alcohol is what you're doing. It's it's really gross. <laughs> yeah. Living in America. Shit burns, dude. It's like at least moonshine, the fucking rednecks that tried making it at least put effort into making it taste somewhat, you know, palatable uh, where Everclear is just like here. It's like you take the rubbing alcohol that you put on like a wound and you wring those out, those little swabs and you fucking drink it. It's what it tastes like. It's gross. Uh, Yeah. uh, American alcohol culture is bad. (laughs) Very bad. (laughs) But it's fun. It's fun. Yes, I don't think we're any better. (laughs) No, probably not. But okay, so I don't want to pivot away from the pioneer thing too much. But I I was very much glancing at Myth Explorer since we talking talking about Demiulich. Are you guys excited for any cards in particular that you want to build around? Not necessarily you think are good, just like you want to build around a card. Because I already have mine. Alex hates mine because he thinks it's bad. Now that we've seen the whole thing, and Alex, you saw it too. It's the the book of vile darkness. I really want to see how good white. I want to see how good white is. Oh, the zombie. Yeah. Oh, white. I thought you meant like the color white. No. It's like, yeah, that's not going to, that's not going to, yeah, that's white. not going to be successful. White. I can no, tell no, no, you no, already. No, no, no. The zombie. The zombie. The zombie. Yeah, I like that card a lot. See, I, I seriously think you might. Like, I was talking about that on stream and the white one, at this point, you have enough payoffs that create tokens for gaining life. That could be a thing for Pioneer, for sure. And putting this on the mute vault. I tried it before. I tried it before and it was really bad, but maybe with this card it would uh yeah. like getting a two-two at the end of your turn. Hmm. Look, I've I've got my revitalizers ready. Going back to drinking culture, I've got my revitalizers ready. I'm gonna take all the sips. Yeah. <laughs> also, the Mystical Archive of it is pretty cool looking. Oh, this. So I'm I'm sure it's cheap yeah. to get like blinged out revitalized combo deck. Are you gonna be playing your flumps in that deck? No, but I will be still signing any and all flumps that I can get my hands on. No, actually, we could play flump in it as long as we're playing Narset as well. Oh, yeah. Fuck your opponent. <laughs> the the jellyfish that draws you both cards when it, get, it takes damage. Oh, my. The 4 Oh. Oh, that's great. That's a great call. I mean, it. yeah, it works. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Well, blue-white. No, you play, you play thump, thump with Notion Thief, and you draw both the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 
That's that's true. I really want to see if I can get Monk Clash to work. That's the card that Chris and I most recently were just like, can you build around Monk Class? Oh, I haven't seen the classes yet. So it's it's white and a blue for the, for a class. So the the first level is the second spell you cast each turn costs one less to cast. For it levels up for white and a blue. When it becomes level two, you get to bounce up to one target creature or to one non-land permanent to its owner's hand. And then level three is one white blue. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. For as long as it remains exiled, it has, you may cast the exiled card from exile as long as you've cast another spell this turn. So you can just play it and the second spell you cast any turn is going to be one cheaper. You, If you need to, you get to pull the, the E button, the E break and bounce something. And then... You can set it up, and so even if you lose Monk class, the cards exiled with it can always be cast because it's the spell that the card themselves are gaining that ability, not Monk class giving them that ability. Nice. That looks really good, actually. I mean, it has all the hallmarks of a good card. You get your you get your tempo back on multiple levels, and then it gives a card advantage, and like all the abilities are super cheap. That's really nice. Fire class. Well, I'm going to have to beat these. I was, I was terrified when I read Contact Other Plane. When I was reading that card, it scared me when I was halfway through. What's that card? So, Contact Other Plane, it's three and a blue. Instant, roll a d20. One to nine, draw two cards. 10 to 19, scry two, draw two. Or when you roll on that 20, scry three, then draw three cards. But halfway through, I was like, oh no, is this card gonna be good? <laughs> because I was really worried I was gonna have to play it. <laughs> I want to avoid all roll in that 20, roll a d20 cards. I think the cancel variant in this set could be very strong as well. The one with the long name. You have, you find the villain's lair or something? Oh, mm -hmm. the one that lets you um, catalog as well, right? Uh, yeah, I, I joke that this is going to be another random one of in Phoenix for, for some fucking reason. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like it actually can be. It, it looks like it can be. Is, is that the new, it's a commander card, it's just it could go in Phoenix? Yeah. It's our it's our version it, of commander. Is, is is Phoenix is is it is it our Nick Fit? It's a Nick Fit card. <laughs> Fighter class though, I keep thinking about like hammer okay. time or some shit. Search up for your hammer. So that seems really good. I'd like to mention two cards. Yeah. That I liked. One is you anti Malison, which is like the two one for two one in the blue. That if you're attacking with it alone, it can't be blocked. And when it attacks, when it deals combat damage to a player, you venture into the dungeon. This gives me, and it's a rogue. This gives me glimpses siphoner vibes. I like it. I want to try it. And the second one is a third of Brad's card. It's um, the Eye of Eye of Vecna. I think that one's good. Alex said it's bad. I think it's good. Yeah. So I am a sucker for these kind of cards, and. I think this is like I think this appeared in like the Dragonlance novels back at the day, and that was like I read those in in like not before high school, and that's what got me into fantasy. So it's like if this is remotely close, I like the flavor of this, and I usually don't give a shit about flavor, but this one's nice. Is the Red Planeswalker the worst Planeswalker we've seen in like a while? Uh, okay, no, I think this card is actually nice. Yeah, you go wide and gruel and you like fuck off. I'm already playing Domri. Why would I want to play this card instead? I'm already playing Chandra and like any red deck. Why'd I want this? It's another bushwhacker. 
It's another bushwhacker. Yeah, but you're already playing like Domri is just better. Uh, I, agree. I, I I think it's worth trying. Domri ramps you into your five drop. I think it's worth trying. Yeah, like Clothis is just better. And 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 you can't counter, and they can't counter you, even if you use the mana or not. Okay, it doesn't have to go right and gruel, but like a style of that deck, I, I think it's worth trying. I don't think it's bad. Um, I think I think honestly, like the one that don't the one that won't see play is the blue one. Even though it's good, it's just six mana. I don't think it's going to see play. It's too expensive. Um, I think Lolth is like, okay. As I, as I turn to my, my full art, as I turn to my full art Galeas and say that I firmly love playing Gruul and Pioneer, <laughs> I do not like the Red Planeswalker for Gruul. Okay, can we talk about the dragons though? I think the dragons are all fucking sweet minus the white one. Yeah, we have... Oh, I haven't seen the red one yet. Okay, let me read that then. The red one's great. It's a Carter's Tyrant! Oh, can't so be countered. Flying haste. I hate that can be counted line for obvious reasons, but when Sparrow becomes twenty this way, it does twenty damage. What? Keep in mind, keep in mind, keep in mind. It has to be twenty exactly. It's not twenty or more. So if you want to try and like do some shenanigan thing of like pumping it, you have to find a way to like has to be twenty. You need to pump it, then like double it, and then give it the last two pumps, and then you deal forty damage. So listeners are not lost. It's um, Inferno of the Star Mounts. It's four and double red for a six mana, six, six legendary dragon, part of that mythic cycle. It cannot be countered, has flying and haste, and then you can pay red. It uh, it, de- it gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. And, uh, when its power becomes 20 this way, Inferno of the Star Mounts deals 20 damage to any target. So first off, you can't just be like, you know, um, like uh, the growth spells or whatever, like give it plus three, plus three, whatever, and keep doing that. You have to get it to 19 and then use its ability because you have to reach 20 with the ability to shoot your opponent for 20. Though, if someone can figure it out, this seems awesome. I'm on rate by itself. Six mana, six, six, flying haste can't be countered. I'm just like, yeah, let's go. The problem with this card is that when it gets to 20 power, it deals 20 to your opponent, which means you're dealing 40 damage, which you don't have to deal 40 damage. <laughs> like, it's just, you're putting in so much effort to get way more than you need. It's like, if I build up all these cards, I can bane fire for 50. It's like, yeah, but 20 is enough. Is the blue one just worst Ojutai, though? Yeah. I'm not sure it's worse Ojutai, though, because it's mono blue. Like, blue white is notoriously bad in Pioneer, right? It's like, but here it just doesn't have very good interactive spells. Um, yeah, that's Guardian of the Faith is going to be good as a selfless spirit alternative as long as extinction events and stuff like that keep running around. I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's a really good card. Yeah, for sure. I do think it's going to be obnoxious to play around at the very least. Yeah, if for people, um, I'll try and sort of read them out because we're a bit more enfranchised, <laughs> maybe, and we got them in front of us. Guardian of Faith, one white, white for Spirit Knight, it's a three two. Flash Vigilance, when it enters the battlefield, any number of other target creatures you control phase out, which basically means they don't exist until your next turn. So perfect for sweepers. Can we talk about why is phase in this set? Yeah, it's in a, it's on like a couple cards. It's well because oh, that at white least one. like it's in stan it's in standard through Teferi. So people do actually know what the mechanic does. Yeah. And I mean... it is a nerf compared to having all your stuff. Like, what's the card from Innistrad, uh, two and a white, that makes all your cards actually leave and then re-enter on your next turn? Just like so, Legion's Initiative. That's an actual blink. Phasing isn't a blink. So it's a way to bring that mechanic in, but does, don't make it as obnoxiously powerful. But I think 
phase is secretly like sometimes stronger because if you don't want to give them the apparition token or the queller spell or stuff like this, like it matters. That's why phase, that's why I'm looking at this card and like, it's going to be so annoying because they're going to go, well, I can give their spell a queller and they're going to go, no, and you don't get your spell. And I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be very angry about this. (laughs) At least they fixed phase. They they fixed anchoring with phasing. So now there's no. Uh, but back with like a big legacy play because of how phasing used to work before they brought it back was cards were anchored to cards phased out. So um, it all matters in like tokens coming back because. So it was the big thing was a batter skull, and then there's a card that would just let you phase out a spell. So you would target their germ token. It would phase out the germ token and batter skull. The germ token would cease to exist, and the batter skull would just be phased out forever because its anchor never came back into play. The random hate cycle though was really good. Thank God this is not a thing. Magic rules sometimes. It's like layers with Blood Moon, and it's like, yep, <laughs> I am confused. <laughs> the other phase card is Divine Smite. Yeah, I'll... the two mana phase thing out. If it's black, it's out instead. So really good. Yeah, that's better than uh, what Divine Smite is good. Ray of Enfeeblement is nice. Mm-hmm. The set is great. Like it's not overly powerful, mm. but it has cards that are I think are really cool. Um, I think the most underrated card in the entire set is going to be Forsworn Paladin, because people will immediately overlook uh, one drops because one drops that that do things and have mana sinks are always like better than they mm-hmm. appear. Um, it's not nigh the Ebon Legion strong, I don't think, but it looks really good. No, who's going to try to go infinite with Ochre Jelly? <laughs> <laughs> the adventure one or what, which one is no that? the jelly with the ozolith oh no not only does it stay around forever it keeps getting bigger no and this does work because there is already a ruling on the ozolith that says it doesn't remove the counters it actually just copies the counters so the ochre jelly will see how many counters it had on when it dies the ozolith will copy them it so you have a four four ochre jelly right it has four counters on it it dies it says, all right, I had four counters. I'm going to come back with two. Ozlis says, all right, you're dying with four counters. I'll put four counters on me. You get a 2-2 two, two jer- You get a two, two slime back. And then Ozlis says, okay, where do you want to put these four counters? Well, I want to put them back on the Ochre Jelly. <laughs> so now you have a 6-6 six, six Ochre Jelly, and it just keeps doing that. The Ozolith is a messed up card. And then your opponent exiles it, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well. That's, why the, that's what the anger is for. Yeah. There you go. Another card that I found really interesting... Oh, the black one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that just you can with like uh, omniscience or something, or like there's like the green enchantment though it bounces it back. You can play it at instant speed if you want. Aluren. Yeah, um, this this card seems really cool in EDH. Not pioneer though, too expensive to like make work as a combo because you need omniscience. Ah, you can you can ultimate him into the parts. Oh, that's true. You can ultimate him into the parts. That's true. That, so you ultimate him into. Hmm. This omniscience and uh is there another what's what's the uh what's the other free 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 spell? Enter the infinite. Yeah. Wait, what card are we talking about now? The uh the Lord of Undeath. Aserak, Lord of Undeath. Three mana, five five legendary zombie wizard. Oh, the guy that you can you can rooftop storm with. Yeah. yeah. When he enters the battlefield, if you did not complete Tomb of Annihilation, return Azurek to its owner's hand and venture into the dungeon. Whenever Azurek attacks for each opponent, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token unless defending player sacrifices a creature. We don't care about that part. We care about it's going to bounce itself back so you ha- you're not finishing Tomb of Annihilation and you go infinite with it. And you go, yep, do it again. 
this is just yeah important to note that the mines of i forgot the name the mines of something uh one of the dungeons mines of whatever yeah one of the dungeon floors is your opponent loses one life you gain one life so if you go through that one that makes sure that you actually drain your opponent out wait how does that work because you you haven't completed the tomb of annihilation so this card you play it and if you have omniscience out it's free so you play it take a step into the dungeon and it returns to your hand and then you play it again have you completed tomb of annihilation no so you go one step further into the dungeon and this goes back to your hand and as long as you just never complete the tomb of annihilation you could just infinitely complete the other two dungeons oh you can complete a dungeon more than once yes yes Oh, I see. You could spam dungeons again. It's so you just never touch Tomb of Annihilation. It is. It's not a lot. It's of the... not D and D. It's World of Warcraft. You spam dungeons. You just do the same one over and over again. And the thing is, a lot of the cards that care about dungeon completion care about have you cleared however many. Like Eliwick is like how many differently named dungeons did you clear? Just did you clear a dungeon? This guy just cares about I haven't done Tomb of Annihilation yet, so I can just keep doing Peldaver or Mad Mage as many times as I want. And then the Mad Mage one, you can. I don't know, you can even loop the map because the the I think the mine does draw you a card, so there is technically a limit to it. You can also just take the mad mage one and loop that until the last card in your deck is uh you can just scry over and over until the last card in your deck is Thassa's Oracle and then win the game that way. Because of course you can win a game through Thassa's Oracle. Or yeah, or Jace, you have omniscience out in this. So yeah, yeah, of course. What's nice is if you go to pre-release, you get a foil version of each of the dungeons. Oh, nice. Oh, I like that. That's really nice. And they're replacing the spin down with an actual D20. Yeah, which, that's is, cool. which is really cool. That's really cool. Though I do have... Yeah, I want to have that one for sure. I do have, where is it? My D20 from the third grade. I still have it. So I'm going to play with that one again, which is nice. Sweet. Uh, another card that I found interesting was Wish. Wish is going in Lotus. Which just says... Yeah, so I'm not sure if this is actually better than like what they're playing right now because you can only play the card until the end of turn. I'm more excited about being able to play this in like other decks, like in Arcanist, for example, where you can just like use this on turn four and get a push, a Thoughtseize, or on turn five to get a Crocs into the yard, like just cast it from exile, like for cheap spells. I don't know. Sin Spawn, probably not good enough. Like these are trap cards, but I'm going to try it. I think the thing with Wish is to, and I don't know what the world is where you don't just immediately cast the spell, but it gets to stay in your sideboard. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It's you get you get to you say, hey, at some point I might want to cast this, and if I don't, nothing else happens to it. By the way, LED Lion's Eye Diamond. This is great with this. So, oh, that's uh, now that's interesting, but that's kind of out of our range. I think at this point. Yeah. So, a couple of cards we talk about before I. I want to have your uh, your guys' takes on this. The Black Staff of Waterdeep, I feel like, is a is a big boon to Ensoul. So for the people who don't know what it does, it's one blue for a legendary artifact. You may choose not to untap the Black Staff of Waterdeep during your untap step. And then it has Animate Walking Statue, flavor text. One on a blue, tap it. Another target non-token artifact you control becomes a 4-4 artifact creature for as long as the Black Staff of Waterdeep remains tapped. Activate only as a sorcery. Like, they're already playing Skilled Animator in some cases, right? And you could play, like, two of them if you wanted. Or if you're playing, like, Shrapnel Blast, you can play the full playset and not care about having an additional copy hanging around in your hand. This card is going to be very good. Like, my take my take on it was, now you can play eight and soul effects, 
while playing Lures. That's well, hard but, in Pioneer. <laughs> but when you play, oh, I suppose you can play black and play Lures. But when you're playing Lures, you're playing white, and that pr- presumably. And that means you also have all that glitters. All the glitters, yeah, true. So yeah. there is some competition with that. For sure, yeah. But even just two or three copies, or yeah. all that glitters obviously has the problem that you do have to slap it on a creature. And for example, you can do the great thing of animating a Darksteel Citadel, mm-hmm. which is something you really like to do in Ensoul. So I can imagine you end up with like four Ensoul, three glitters, two of this or something. So you can like shave that around a little bit. For sure, yeah, I agree. It looks really good. Tell me the other card you wanted to ask about is Fear of Annihilation. (laughs) Uh, What do you you think? I am really not sure on this card. It is super interesting, but what do you think about it? I think this card destroys auras and I love it. That's basically my take on the card. (laughs) (laughs) How many decks actually have artifact removal right now? Like, this card is going to be a free roll at least game one in a lot of matchups. It's just Arcanist, right? Yeah, it's just Arcanist that has it. Yeah, but you do have to wait. But waiting a turn for your sweeper feels yeah. really bad. For sure, yeah. We we need a uh, Pyroclock of Destiny uh, printed into MTG, which is a Yu-Gi-Oh card that says, it's a trap card that says, it's called Pyroclock of Destiny. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh card that when you activate it, it says uh, you, you, you advance a turn. Like, that's all it is. That's it. It's just you advance a turn. So if we had a card like that where you play Sphere of Annihilation... Oh, so like you trigger upkeep effects and that sort of thing. Yes, exactly. You would... you the, the turn advances. It's like you skip the rest of your own turn and it's like you have your turn again. Or like if you have an effect that says like for every every turn this thing happens, it triggers those cards. Like uh, like uh, like the clock tower or whatever. Like you get a counter every turn. That's what this would do. This is this is why we need that one Commander Legends card that gives you another beginning phase. <laughs> Isn't this like an unhinged card or what's the next, the last one? There was a card that just lets you um, steal your opponent's an opponent's phase. <laughs> what? You didn't? You don't know the one? I love I love unsets. They're great. So, yeah, that was an uncard, but like yeah, the Commander Legends had the Sphinx that broke the game of just like. You begin of your main phase two, you got another beginning phase, and it was just like, what's in a beginning phase? What do I get? I just remember Unhinged having like, it was the weirdest draft of my life, because I don't draft a lot, but there was that card that says it's a 1-1. When it connects, you loot, and it's unblockable unless your opponent wears glasses. And me and one person were the only people with glasses and I drafted like five of these things and a bunch of equipment to slap on top of them. So I played the meanest tempo deck of all time. And I just, I, I had none of the funny cards. Like I had people like having their heads on the table while throwing dice across the room and asking people if they liked squirrels and that sort of thing. And I was just playing the leanest, meanest tempo deck of all time, destroyed the draft. And I was like, I didn't really have any fun, actually. Where was the silly my, part my, of the set? <laughs> my one of my LGS owners was one of the people involved in the like um, the infamous judge. Can I take off my pants so my opponent's creature loses gene walking? <laughs> <laughs> I also had someone who had like there was there was this card that like in the unset that allowed you to give a card from your it would like go to another game and if it survived the turn it would come back and i think someone went to another table and donated them a rules lawyer it's like good luck with that for a turn <laughs> which is this weird card that's just like state i think it's a state-based effects don't happen oh my <laughs> and then it has so much reminder text <laughs> to tell you what a state-based effect is 
I just also this isn't an unset, but I remember when Conspiracy One came out, we I was in a draft where we added we got the card that lets you add a booster pack to the draft. <laughs> My LGS had Chinese packs of prophecy. And I we added one of those and we're just like, no, no, you can't look up card text. You just draft the pack of Chinese prophecy without knowing. <laughs> And that was a good buy because I op- we opened Chinese uh, Rhystic Study. Oh, nice. money. So one of my friend's cubes has actually two or three copies of a card from a conspiracy set or something where you draft it face up and then you can put it back into a pack later and take two cards from the back. Oh, that card is really good. And that's just like really good for cubes. It's, it's, su- it's super fun. It's also super strong. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I had a, I had one more card from uh, Adventures that I'm super excited about, and I am so hyped for Circle of Dreams, Druid. Like I already mentioned it last week with the talk of gas. It's the um, it's the Gaia's Cradle on a body. Um, oh. I think it's going to be better in non directly elves decks. I think it's going to be better in that's, just that's what I told General him. creatures over elves. I said it was better in mono green uh, like walkers than it is in elves. I don't know if it's better in other decks, but I am super happy that I can play it in elves. Because I'm super excited for the card. It's I'm I wouldn't play more than like two. Well, I'm at least starting with a play set, but no, I I, I want to play four because it has the it has the scary archdruid start that you have in modern, where you go turn one dork, turn two archdruid, and your opponent is just like probably boned if they don't deal with it. And I would want to have that like one two punch as often as possible. So I'd probably go up to four. But like, but in pie, but in, with like with elves though, you're just like what powering out like a Coco? Like, I mean, you uh, can go like I think it's better like Mono Green, where you're just powering out like Ulamogs and stuff like that. Yeah, but you can go like turn one, turn two, play this. Then you can play double collected company the turn after if you want to, and you fi- or I turn three Ulamog my and opponent. How do you turn three Ulamog someone with this card? All right. So well, okay, you're gonna turn. Are one. you gonna give me this nine card gold fish? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's not off. It's not worse than any like regular start. It, it's it, mana elf in turn one into druid turn two into double BTE Nykthos activate ten mana Ulamog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's but uh, what was the double? Oh, you mean uh, BTE? It's double BTE. BTE burning tree Missouri. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna do nonsense in Pioneer. What else is gonna involve? <laughs> BTE, <laughs> Nikthos. Um, yes. Unban Leyline, and then we can really do it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, make sure you get your Ulamogs. They're only eighty bucks. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so my take is that we need- Circle of James Jury is not actually good um, because it's just to anything in the format but i'm also always playing the fatal push shock deck so i don't know <laughs> like it doesn't even it doesn't even survive spike field hazard i'm out it it doesn't survive a one-off that sometimes shows up in phoenix why do i care maybe two off could even be a two off the phoenix matchup is probably horrendous anyway because they always find a one-off anger and you immediately lose the game but that's not why it's bad it's bad because if... Well, and you've got like a hundred magma sprays. and <laughs> <laughs> We killed the first elf and then you're dead because your deck doesn't do anything. <laughs> you and you I go, just can't be And Arcanist. I go turn to Elvish Visionary, draw a card, beat that. <laughs> oh, you're also playing Elvish Visionary? Ooh. No wonder you're having problems with playing elves lately. <laughs> hey, what do you mean? Deck does fine. 
I, I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm running it with, um, I'm running Pyro of Heroes. I want to, I've been playing with that card because I just, I like going, and then you go through the curve with Elvish Visionary. It's pretty good. Oh, you don't even need that. You just play a regular beatdown game. I mean, I, I definitely go to that with this card. That's where the Pyre package goes out, and mm -hmm. I would try more like a regular can... beatdown with this. I also like the idea that you could finally, I, that's not the reason this card is good, but the fact that the activated ability on Elvish Warmaster is no longer flavor text, that's kind of cool. Because I don't think I've ever activated that card. Oh, I have. What card? Uh, Elvish Warmaster, the two mana, two, two, with the seven mana, they get plus two, plus two in Death Touch. My opponent is either, either my opponent is dead or my board is empty before I get to that <laughs> point because they play the sweeper. There's no in between. Sometimes you just got to stunt on him and take a victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> so you activated it when you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. That ability actually comes up in modern elves oh, and like oh, legacy elves a lot. My modern elves deck is a mess, and you probably <laughs> vomit if you see it. I'm playing like I've built it with Realmwalker and Sylvan um, Sylvan Anthem to literally play my entire deck on turn <laughs> four and then win with a shaman off the pack. There's a wood elves in there, so I can find an overgrown tomb, so I have to black mana so I can play a shaman, and it. Quite, it, it's it's bad. I just build it because I want to play modern with friends because it's fun. I didn't actually build it to take down any tournament because I would be embarrassing myself for sure. That sounds really fun though. That deck sounds really good. It is really fun. I, I'm playing a uh, elvish uh, harbinger, the one that allows you to tutor up an elf and put it on top of your deck. Because with Realm Walker, that means you could tutor whatever the hell you want and then cast it off the top of your deck. The deck is 16 lands, four enchantments, 40 elves. It is the true elves deck. There is almost exclusively elves in there. I, I have been especially uh, enjoying looking at modern. Like it's, you know, just to shy away from Pioneer for a little bit. Like I do think it's been, and I've seen you uh, a lot playing like the Demir Asmo deck. Yeah, it's wild. And then there's Ragavan. I just have like a whole group chat with just people complaining about Ragavan because they've always played Junt style decks and they literally don't have the money for Ragavan. I mean, honestly, I think, I think modern is super fun right now, but if we talk like mentioning pioneer again like in modern you're gonna have a lot of non-games blood moon is one of the best cards in the format turn ragavan is hella obnoxious ursa saga hammer time prime time like all these decks just don't let you play magic which is fine sometimes i mean none of them are probably too strong i think if you're interacting enough but i'd like to play my cards and make meaningful decisions please yeah. Wait, interacting in modern, isn't it the point where you just stare at each other until one of us dies? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. I mean, it's because a lot of people have like this idea, where, well, this thing where they said like Pioneer doesn't have an identity, but I feel like sort of like pretty much all your games are interactive and you make meaningful decisions in every game that you play compared to a lot of other eternal formats where that's not a bad thing, right? Like when you play like CDH and you play Stacks, that means nobody gets to play the game. But it's like, it's just part of the format. Stacks is a thing in EDH, and it's fine. It's But Pioneer, if you don't like that type of thing, then Pioneer is a great place for you to be because we generally don't really have that type of thing. How many, how long, how like how many times has Modern actually lined up with the, it's the turn four format they try to tell us it is all the time? I haven't seen that in a while. Once. <laughs> when, they made, when they made the statement, it was semi-true. And it hasn't been true since, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I miss yeah. the days I, of I have one... <laughs> I, oh, I love that card. You do. You missed that deck. <laughs> I have one question regarding D&D, &D, though. 
is it time to break out your old treasure cards from Ixalan and trying to make that five man enchantment work with all the pushed treasure cards we have now? Can we win now with Revel and Riches? Oh, you mean uh, Revel and Riches? Yeah, can we win with it now? I think we can. I think like I think like a Jund. I've already consigned myself to trying. Yeah, it's it's a five man enchantment. If you have, is it ten or more treasures? Is that it? The ten? It's ten or more. Yeah, ten or more treasures during your upkeep yeah. you win the oh. game. And we have a lot of good payoffs for treasures in Jund. So I think a Jund treasure deck can actually work. I'm I don't know. I, by I, it. Some of the treasure cards are interesting. They're definitely, I really like some of them, especially that one that gets uh, haste and first strike when you use a treasure. It's like the, the mercenary or something. What is it? Um... Yeah. The instant speed version of that one Ixalan card is really interesting to me. But it's, and it's oh, two the, treasures, the, right? Uh, so the windfall. The yeah. sudden windfall. Yeah, that one's really good. Uh, also, you have the, the, the mythic green one. Oh. The unexpected windfall is just two red red. Instant is an additional cost. Discard a card. Draw two. Create two treasures. It's Pirate's Village, but then it is an instant speed card. Oh, nice. That's really sweet. That's going to be... I, I I can imagine that's pretty cool in the Jeskai uh, twin deck. The ex- Chris is going to be really excited to try to make Thousand Year Storm work again. <laughs> What about what about old Gnawbone, the the seven mana seven seven legendary green dragon that whenever a creature control deals combat damage to a player? Oh, the better green mythic than Tarask? Yeah, that's a great that's a deal. great card from my LEDH deck, and it is terrible everywhere else. It's seven mana. Once you get there, you can probably cast all the spells in your hand, right? <laughs> so who cares about getting treasure? The trick is to cheat it into play. There's like there's this creature that attacks and puts a dragon into play, right? I even think it's green. Yeah. The the turn the turn two standard kill. It's red. Oh, it's red. Oh. It's the it's the it's it's the kobold. Yeah. Yeah. It is the it's the turn two standard kill of turn one kobold, turn two double infuriate, attack with it, put Terra Mount Velus into play. Uh you have exactly twenty damage. It's twenty two actually. Even if your opponent starts on a radiant fountain, they are toast. Yeah. <laughs> Which dragon, though, are we putting into play? The the green the green one. It's Terror of Mount Velus. Every th- the green mythic. Oh, the combo's Terror of Mount Velus. Yeah, the green mythic. The seven mana seven seven. Isn't the green mythic old Nobone? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, we're confusing it. The Cobalt combos with Terror of Mount Velus, which is a seven mana five five dragon with double strike that gives all your creatures from- double strike when it enters. But that is from the Theros. It, that's not in the set. That's from the Theros extra cards. No. And old null bonus is okay. Yeah, yeah. Bad card. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, of course. That's a. It's like the Tibble trickery combo. People are gonna try it. You're gonna lose to it. It's gonna be obnoxious. Yeah. And Actually, that that red dragon is obviously for commander. I just realized because you deal forty damage. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a one shot in commander, and that's where the forty damage actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and it can be your commander making the forty damage Ooh. irrelevant again. Because commander damage <laughs> is a thing, right? <laughs> so he does 20 damage, which is not a one-shot. And it also has to be combat all, damage. All I know is I'm sleeving up Minsk and Boo, and I'm telling the table rule zero, Boo is my actual commander. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Just casting the token for zero every time. <laughs> <laughs> I think best art in the set, though, is Eye of the Beholder. The six mana target creature gets minus 11, minus 11. That but is the, is the best. best art. Yeah, it's whatever. Pun's great, but the art is phenomenal. I want that on a playmat. But can I show you the boo token? The boo token is amazing. The boo token's adorable. Adorable. 
and the, and the flavor text also get them boo something like that or go for the eyes boo let's go for the eyes <laughs> that's from the yeah. books that's the move for the beholders huh. that's a lot of eyes to go <laughs> for <laughs> Well, I mean, Boo is a miniature giant space hamster. Uh, <laughs> um, that is a real thing from the lore. Yeah, I know. I've seen is, that. Oh, uh, what? No. He's a miniature giant space hamster. Giant space hamsters are a thing in D&D, and he is a miniature giant space hamster. That's why he's the size of a regular hamster. I mean, you can't, like, the, the listeners can't see this, but my face is really skeptical right now. I, it's just I'm, pure confusion. <laughs> I cannot convey my confusion better than this. I'm going to have to like... Why the hell is Baleful Beholder not better? Oh yeah, go look it up. Baleful Beholder. You need, it's it's a common what is rando ba- meh. It's a six five. It's a big creature in like D&D. Uh, the Beholders are like supposed to be like really dangerous. Um, but it's just a six mm. mana six five. When it, when it enters the battlefield, you can either each opponent sacrifice an enchantment or creatures you control gain menace on a turn. It's it's a draft common. It's not good. That's a, yeah. but like Ooh. that's a very it's supposed weird. to be a scary creature. Well, because you want to be a scary creature because you want the iconic things to show up in draft. So you make them commons, but then you got to make them bad. But like it would be weird if you if you do it. Then you should have made this one. It's weird if you're doing D D draft and you don't see a beholder at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's like they made Xanthar good. He's a you know he's the mythic beholder for the set. So is he good though? I mean, the they commander, have Manticore, maybe. Devour Intellect. Oh, what do you guys think of Grim Wanderer? What is Grim Wanderer? Can you Grim read that out, please? Wanderer. It's one and a black for a 5-3 Goblin Warlock with Flash, but he has tragic backstory, so you can cast oh, it only yes. if the creature died this turn. Yes, uh, that's an Arcanist. That goes an Arcanist, and immediately, that is an Arcanist. There's no way it doesn't see play in that deck. Okay. It's too good. I don't know. 10 out of too 10 good. for flavor. 10 out of 10 for flavor. 2 mana, 5-3. 2 mana, 5-3. I don't give a fuck. Two mana, five. Three. That actually, that actually wins games. We have which we nice. have village rights, which is an instant. Yep. And for three mm-hmm. mana, you get a five three. It it is good. It will see play. Yeah, but for it's it, it's a two drop. But in reality, it's a three or a four drop. It's a two drop like Sarah's Avenger it. is a two drop, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if this card is actually gonna make the cut because. Once you get to turn three or four... It's, it's another threat they have to kill, though. It dies to a lot of things for then, like, a three it, or a four drop. It trades with a lot of things, too. But think about it this way. Think about, so Arcanist already has a plethora of threats that you need to get off the battlefield. And this is, you can argue, the least scary of all, your, all the cards in the deck, but it's still a clock. So while they're using their pushes on Arcanist, on Croxa... Um, and obviously not your Stitcher supplier, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're, you're killing their other stuff. And meanwhile, <laughs> you have a five three that comes in. You can play it reactively too. It also doesn't say creatures you control, so you could fatal push one of their things, and then it comes in. It's just when creatures die, so you can play this from the other end, uh, end too. I think this is a good card. I just, I just don't know oh. if I want a random beat stick in a deck like this. Like, I don't know if I want a one-mana cheaper Steel Leaf Champion. Like, is that a thing the deck is even interested in, in terms of just what it does? It's like, all these little pieces, and like, you're sacking things, you're getting value out of them, and then it's just this beat stick. I think you might need to build the deck differently, but I still think this has a potential to see play. Like, 5-3 flesh for two mana is great. Like, great bait. Even if it's just, like, a sideboard card for... 
for control matchups where you can turn and turn the corner or something. It looks interesting to me for sure. I thought. I find this hilarious against decks that are sacrificing their own things. They're dirtling around you, just drop a 5-3 on their end step, but it's like, mm. stop dirtling around but and killing you. It's just gonna get it's just gonna get blanked by Cat Oven. Right? Oh, I now guess it's good with Cat Oven though. Yeah, like the fla the flavor is it's tragic backstory. It's this guy that was Speak really hungry and then <laughs> had he had to cat. eat his own cat because Wait, he was oh, starving. So he was and he's oh. a warlock. So he's a warlock. So he went to some like he tried to get like a, a magical cat. sold his soul so that his cat could come back. And there it is. There's a which is familiar, which has now returned. Speaking full circle. Speaking of uh, speaking of decks that go great with like food and cat oven, I think the black mythic dragon is a shoe in as a one or two extra copies of a pseudo corvold in, in in a food deck. That is a clock. It's another great big creature. Because it's like it's just like this. It it um it can come in from your graveyard, and it it is. I don't like the idea of having your Corvold magma spray though. Okay, well, no, the black cool. red dragon, right? It's the five three. Oh, the black red. Oh, oops, I was thinking of the mono black one. The black. Oh, that's a the, the demon. The demon's really good. The demon. Oh, the demon. Yeah. Oh, you were talking about the black dragon. Yeah, the black dragon. You were talking about Ebendeath Draco Lich. Yes, the five two. Oh, I think mm. it's just a good threat. Um, but I really like the uh, the Rakdos mm. demon though the five three. I really like that card. Flample on a demon, mm. just you know, all, always my favorite thing. My demon doesn't have flample, yeah. I don't want it. But oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But do we have any other closing things about Pioneer, which is why we were joined and gathered today? <laughs> I think just as the wrap up, just as the, like the conclusion, is that. People who think that this announcement killed Pioneer don't know what they're talking about because Pioneer is great and Pioneer doesn't need Arena. It would just really like to have Arena. It's still a great format and we've seen, like especially in the showcase, that there is a lot of innovation to be done and there is a lot of, like, still, there's a lot of unexplored space, which is generally thing a thing people really like in a format to try and find something new. Like Ekros pointed out, showcase happens people innovate and suddenly we see a for a jeskai ascendancy deck show up so that's all great and i think for the appeal of the format if you'd want to like i don't know guess try and sell it to someone is that pioneer is a format where most of your gameplay decisions matter and it has a very low amount of none games where you don't get to cast your spells and that is a great appeal to Pioneer, and in part you could consider is the identity of Pioneer, where there's a lot of interesting gameplay patterns, and your decisions matter in basically every game that you play. I think people, when they try to sort of trash Pioneer l logically, I don't think they use metrics that realistically make sense, right? Like, trying to compare the amazing pioneer turnout to the modern turnout of over double modern is a very enfranchised i would say modern is probably the most rapidly enfranchised player base next to commander right and then trying to compare it to historic well they're on in two entirely different platforms so pioneer is its own thing and trying to compare it to any other format it just does it make sense or work out because you can't compare those numbers because they're just two and they're such entirely different things as well. I think historic and pioneer have 
similar issues, but almost inverted, right? Pioneer is a format that was going to succeed based on people having paper collections, people wanting to play the format in paper with cards they already owned. Historic is the same thing, but stuck on Arena. I think trying to force a Pioneer into a fully digital environment isn't going to work, just like I don't think Historic is going to work in a paper environment once people realize they don't have wild cards to cash in for cards like Phyrexian Tower or all these older expensive cards they normally have access to through the arena system. Amit? Um, yeah, I think you mostly said it all. Um, my recommendation would be then to play Pioneer. Come check out the format. You can do, as we said, you don't have a lot of non-games, so you don't get the modern downside. But you have a lot of decks and styles you can choose from. So unlike standards, you can both choose your own style and innovate a lot more because the format is still wide open. Try it out. You don't like it, that's fine. Don't trash it for other people. Um, but give it a shot. I think you're going to be surprised by how good that is. Although, if you're here anyway, maybe I'm preaching to the preaching to the choir. Maybe we can clip this and then if, send it over to people. Yeah. yeah. If you're here, please share this with all of your friends that don't play Pioneer and be like, hey, you should listen to the Pioneer Perspective, Crew 3 podcast, the uh, first Pioneers. Um, I think we all have episodes on like getting into the format and things like that. So, hey, hit up Amit on, uh, on Twitter. Hit up uh, Rockman, hit up myself. Speaking of which, we all have social media presence. Um, plug yourself. What is your social media? Where can we find you f- to play some Pioneer and watch the games uh, play out ourselves? So you can find me on Ekeros MTG. That's E-K-E-R-O-S-S-M-T-G. Both on Twitter and on Twitch. I stream four times a week. I stream a bunch of Pioneer. Um, almost always the Sunday challenge. And come check it out. Uh, I enjoy the format. I try and play different decks until I get stuck on one for like a month. Which is what we're seeing now with Phoenix. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, a friend of mine's playing Phoenix Friday and he hasn't played Pioneer in a while. So I just straight up went to your Twitter, found your list, copy, paste, send it to him. It's like, play this. Send it <laughs> in to see the VODs. Like when I play a new deck, the best thing I do is like watch someone else play it. And that teaches me a lot of like the basics of the deck. And Rockman, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Crew3Podcast, and then I try to stream a couple nights a week, uh, just for a little bit, because I unfortunately have a full-time job that keeps me away from streaming a lot, uh, at Crew3MTG on Twitch, and I post the VODs on YouTube afterwards. Uh, I generally I generally don't p- stick to the same deck. Usually we look at some of the budget brews, like I said, from our community sort of run budget page. Or I sort of go through like and check out all the the weird Pioneer 5-0 leagues just to make sure, hey, those weren't uh, those weren't fixed league results there because we we call them unexpected results because we played that deck once and that deck was real sus after we played that on stream. Sometimes you just hit the gold mine of like matchups and you're like, yep, I'm I'm great. Right, I'm yeah. <laughs> I just half of my streams are just me being like, this deck looks sweet, and then I'm just afterwards just like, how do we 5-0 here? <laughs> That's how I felt about the um the Simic combo deck, Alex. You remember when I played? I played my Mox Ambers and stuff. You played a uh, Kinnon, the the little uh, little dude from uh, Ikoria that doubles all oh, the mana. Paradox engine deck. Yeah, yeah, that deck was really fun to play, but oh my god, it was not not good. <laughs> really not good. <laughs> Alex, where can everyone find you on wherever? 
so the main thing is just on my Twitter, where you can find me at Disciple of Bolos. Um, I tend to sometimes post deck lists if I come up with new ideas, random magic memes, shit talking, being mad at wizards, which has been uh, a large part of the content in the past few days. Um, but I'll try and get to a more positive swing again. Uh, I might, I, I might try my hand at MTGO now after this announcement. I'd be like, maybe I should actually try and get into it. Um, so. Maybe you'll see print screens or clips of me hilariously trying to learn MTGO in the coming weeks. You get to look at the cards. Yes, okay. look at the cards. <laughs> yeah, I've, I had to order a new mouse because I've got a... My computer mouse randomly left clicks twice sometimes, which I know is going to screw me over badly on MTGO. So I'm waiting for my new mouse to arrive <laughs> so I don't randomly click through things. Just when you when you cast Collected Company, make sure... You oh. check and make sure you don't. After they swapped the no, I I lost to that one. I was like, "What happened?" <laughs> Worst interface on MTGO by far. <laughs> the look of the cards is great. Oh yeah, that's okay. <laughs> look at them. <laughs> of course, I have, you... I always have to ask Chad. I'm like, are, are we done looking? All right, cool. Can we can we go? <laughs> and you can find me on literally every social media in existence at Bradsifer. And uh, that's that's pretty easy. Uh, warning, though, if you follow, I'm gonna go add you on Mastodon. Then, <laughs> honestly, that yeah, <clears throat> sure, do it. <laughs> uh, warning, though, I'm gonna go Twitter, on there now um, and make <laughs> steal your name. Someone made a TikTok at Brad's for Bradsford, and I was like, "Fuck you!" I'm never gonna download this app, but like, someone has my name on there. But um, for Twitter, though, I I tweet pretty consistently when it comes to like everything. So if you don't want to see anything about hockey or sports in general, and you're like, that's not for me, then just don't follow me. Just don't do it. Yeah, I don't follow Brad. For that reason, yeah. For that reason, exactly. My my most... Yeah, I know. I, Brad, Brad knows. It's like, I don't care about baseball and that sort of thing. So My most liked tweet is a hockey tweet. It's not even magic. And I was like, come on. Out of all the things to like get retweeted into oblivion. Did you get, did you get, the, uh, did you get the adult toy? No, 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 I I didn't. I wanted it. Okay, this is what happened. So my tweet got to about four and a half K likes, right? Because it got retweeted a lot. A a 28,000 follower Instagram page called Talking Talking Hockey screenshotted my shit and they got like 6,000 likes on Instagram. I'm like, that was my adult toy ad ad revenue right there. That was, those were the likes I needed. If I passed 10K, which that's what it would have been, would have gotten my ad. And I've been like, hey, ladies, do you want to feel the best stimulation of your life? Go here. No, I wanted that or the projector one where it's like, like make your room look like a fucking like night sky or whatever. I wanted that. But no, no, I get fucked. It's stupid. Social media is, oh no, even better. Someone made a video on TikTok that had over 30,000 likes that one of our uh, good friends uh, from a uh, EDH podcast, he dm me he's like hey i just i found your twitter on a uh on a uh viral tiktok and i was like oh no and i click on it yeah i had thirty five thousand likes and uh, <laughs> it was a guy talking about my tweet and it showed my name and stuff and i'm like but no one's gonna go check it out on twitter no one's gonna fucking take the time to type my shit in fuck off it, it made me sad Damn. give me the toy <laughs> but otherwise real quick if you want to get any 
uh, ink gaming uh, merch for the Pioneer Perspective. You can go on there. We have our link down in the description. Uh, get play mats for us. We also have play away uh, play mats as well. We're also sponsored by MTG Matchmaker. If you want to be able to play some, you know, paper magic over webcam, but not necessarily want to clog up your Discord with 90 different communities to find games that, you know, connects all different communities so you can keep your own, but find people from other ones as well. And of course, other than that, Nothing special. I know Crew 3 is also sponsored by MTG Matchmaker, so we're all here repping this wonderful tool. Yeah, uh, I was I was I was just, I was just gonna say, yeah, it links it links to it links to our server too. So <laughs> Yeah. Hey. You can connect play away with Crew 3, which is also Crew 3 is a great uh, server. I would join it regardless. Um has a lot of wonderful discussion uh that I'm constantly like, you know, peeking in on. I'll I'll join when I can, but sometimes I'm just like, there's too much going on, I can't catch up. Outside of that, boys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love having you guys on. Hopefully the next Overly time we do this. positive reason and not just like, the fuck wizards? Why are we doing this? So <laughs> we'll have to do that soon. But uh, for the listeners, we appreciate your feedback when it comes to Reddit, Discord, whatever. Uh, you guys are awesome. This would not be possible without you guys. Uh, I know the sentiment is shared across all of us here when it comes to Amit, um, your streaming and things on Twitter, uh, you guys with the Crew 3 podcast and just the Discord in general super appreciative of the community um we hope to see the pioneer community continue to grow we're happy to be i guess the voices of the community in a way um but we don't want to be the only ones i I think a while ago we got tagged in a tweet i think it was from uh the first pioneers where they're like besides crew three yeah these streamers like these where where the fuck else is the pioneer content and we're like yeah we'd like to have more so please come on play the format don't take this arena news as like, oh my God, format's dead. The showcase results show, uh, you know, showcase otherwise. So come on, hop in, play. But until next week, until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>